but you do it because you love it and you put you've got the passion and the energy and everything to do it you were trying not to go into the song then weren't you more passion more More passion passion, more more energy energy, more energy that's all i could see in your head you were like don't do it sam don't don't be suspicious don't be suspicious Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Cheat Cuts Art Cheating, episode 12. I am one of your hosts, Yorkshire Barber, joined by the lovely... Dark MCR. The the existence of a dark MCR implies there is an existence of a light MCR. Um, Actually, it's holy MCR, and it's my my alter ego. I'm currently in my edgy phase, but when I remove myself from said edgy phase... I will be holy MCR. It's not a face, Mom. And then he comes out like a golden retriever boyfriend, like oh, I'm, like, I'm just like Sam Thompson. <laughs> I will just become Sam Thompson from uh, I'm a celeb at the moment. <laughs> or a diet MCR. <laughs> Are you making reference to my dad, Bob? <laughs> what about like cause light and shit like that, dickhead? <laughs> Now I know. I'm only taking bits. <laughs> that comment wins the internet for today. Miss, <laughs> how has everyone been? It has been a while. <laughs> Obviously, for people on Spotify, it won't have been because you'll have got the last episode last week. I am very sorry about that. I had COVID for the fourth time, and then I had like, wow. the flu, and then um, I was too busy smashing laptop it from behind, to... and then my laptop blew up because I smashed it from behind. Um, <laughs> and then we watched The Hobbit. And then Sam came up and we spooned and he almost brought rules one through nine. Um, I'm not going to even go uh, into we that. Man- we managed to make it to te- rule number 10 last night. Why? What was 10? I can't fuck via your like Discord call. Like, oh, yeah. I can't like have phone sex Yes. via a Discord call. Yeah, no, not via a Discord call, via my work team's call. Yeah, but I was a Discord call, so... Yeah. But it's not the Discord part I have a problem with. I mean, it is because it's there's not. I've not got a not safe for work voice channel. But it's not. That's not the point. I had a, I had a problem with. Um, and technically, you've got a rule eleven as well, which isn't even one bed my, bed by me, which is probably no fucking during I'm a celeb. Sam, I don't know how I feel about that. Did you show her your witchetty grub and bush tucky your trial? I fucking wish, but I'm not watching this episode too. Hey, Debs, look at this! Didn't take long, just, did it? Just for like uh, some context, we were watching The Masked Singer before the first episode, and every time that they were screaming, take it off, take it off, I was doing like, <laughs> like half teases. It was brilliant. Right. Let, yes. Helpful. Yes. Right. First topic. A bearded man. Not a very bearded, but a bearded man that we all know and love and we call Daddy. Daddy Pedro! Daddy Pedro. He has been rumoured to rumoured to be in talks to play the one, the only Reedest of Richards 
yeah, in boy. the Marvel's Fantastic Four. The fourth iteration of it, of course. Or is it third iteration? Uh, but Third. It's a fourth movie, but it'll be the third iteration. Because we're not... Yeah. Te- well, technically, no, it is the fourth iteration because I'd, I'd, I'd class John Krasinski in um, Multiverse of Madness as the third iteration. Yes. Yeah. So Pedro is going to be the fourth iteration of Reed Richards since the MC... Can't be any worse than the second one. <laughs> yeah, very true. Well, um, I think what's the, the we've we've got kind of like the full rumored cast now, haven't we? We've got him as Reed. We've got yeah. uh, it's Anya Taylor Joy who's rumored to be playing Sue Storm. Yes. Um Johnny Storm is rumored to be Joseph Quinn. And I would be happy with that. Uh, the thing uh, is rumored to be I can never remember his name. It's the dude who plays cousin in the bear. Uh, which I love that guy so much Jeremy Allen White no no not Jeremy Allen White Jeremy Allen White plays Bear he plays Cousin the tall dude with a shaved head oh uh, Taylor Swift guy Evan Moss Backrack yeah him yeah uh, Evan Moss Backsack and Crack that guy he's rumored to be one thing that casting would be brilliant and it would be an older version of, more rustic version of Reed Richards. The only but, thing is, though, for it being an older Reed, I feel like you'd have to make them all a bit older. Like, he's going to be older. Um, ben, the thing's going to be older. Annie Taylor-Joy, I'm not even sure how old she is, but I imagine she's not young anymore, is she? Mate, she's going to be invisible for half the fucking oh. film. Yeah, does but if she's old... If she's invisible, she can't see a titty. She might trip over him. <laughs> but then you've got Joseph Quinn, who's still fairly young. <clears throat> Eben Moss Backrack. Thank you. And then the rest of the cast is going to be Chris Pratt, yeah. But yeah, so um, it's it's lining up to be an okay cast. I'm a bit good that John Krasinski's not going to be... Um, I I like, think that was a bad choice. No, I look what not having him back or him being in not the have, not have, not having him back. I think we would teased this amazing casting for him. Oh, one of them's working. Well, if I try both, the odds are better. Um, yeah, I think the fact that we're losing John Kroninsky is a sad moment because he he would have been a very good read richards and if, if it came down to it you could just get his wife emily blunt well that's the thing everyone was favoring emily blunt for so yeah because there's the chemistry there already they work very well together i mean for fuck's sake they're husband and wife they have to work well together yeah it would be perfect plus we saw the chemistry of them in the uh, uh, a quiet place i think it is. i'm still yet to watch that you know same here we I should watch it one I, night i don't really do horror movies because most of them are pretty shit like, we watched one called, is it Hereditary, last year, oh, and it was the most bit, boring bag of shit. But when it got to the scary bit at the end, every, oh, like I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a difference in like opinion of horror between Americans and British people. I think British people like it a lot more gritty and are a lot more fucked in the head. But oh, I was sat there with a lot of Americans, and they're all like, oh, it's awful, I'm terrified, and I'm just sat there cackling. Because I thought it was hilarious. I don't really watch horror, but yeah, no. It's, I think it's just <clears throat> the way that people perceive stuff. Like us versus Americans, when you really look at it, uh, at the 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 brass tacks of it all, we 
we will laugh at things that Americans would cry at. And we will get angry at things that Americans find funny. It's it's one of those those yeah, things. I, I suppose, yeah. We can all agree though, the IRA is hilarious. Come at me. Don't actually, I don't want to die. That's a mistake to put on the internet. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> the irresponsible <clears throat> It's all right. I'm, I live in Crew. They'll never Red find alligators. me. If you, if you want to fi- <laughs> find me, I live in Crew. Actually, no. Now I live in Nantwich. It's living Crew. My name's Alex Sladen, and I play in a band called Footprints in the Custard. But I'm such a I think shit back. Go, go, going back off, going back to the, the 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 topic at hand. Pedro could be a good casting. I'd love to see who they actually get in for the role. Especially yeah. now that they're pushing more for the Fantastic Four and Galactus storylines. Well, I know he's um, he's going to have a bit more time in his hand, on. isn't he? Because he's not apparently he's not coming back for Mando season four. He's just doing the voice. He's not going to be there to actually yeah, be the guy in the from what, from what I could tell, that are they leaning more into Bo's story now? Anyways, rather than his, he's, he's just kind of been told, hasn't it? So. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things that he will just have a few appearances. But the thing is, even if they just used his voice, I don't think it's bad. So if we just if we still have Mando, but it's his voice still, I'd be happy with that. It means that he can do Last of Us season two. Yeah, but no. no, Bella Ramsey really did blow that performance out of the park. And yes, we were all like, why the hell is this person playing this character? They're just not what we need but then they stepped into the role like they did in um game, game of, of thrones. thrones they were like this really small person but with a, the ego and the i was sad when spoilers if you haven't watched game of thrones you, you should, should have really, watched like, it by crawl now out from under the fucking rock that you're living under and watch it when you're not her missing character much, dies in the battle of winterfell it actually struck a, a feel for me it was one of, even though she was such a minor character in the grand scheme of things in that show, when she was on screen, she owned every scene she was in. And to do she that, just at her, that big dick energy. To do that at her age. Uh, at, yeah. The non binary now, I should be saying they, sorry. I'm sure they said the non binary now. I do apologize if I've just misgendered them. Um, but they did, like, they, they, they fucking brought it and they owned it. And yeah. they were a delight to watch on screen because the character was so good. And again, with Last of Us, I actually liked the casting from the get-go because everyone was like, they are non-binary, thank you. I thought so. And I realised as I was saying that, I was like, I'm sure they're not a she anymore. I'm sure they're a they. Um, that's my bad. I'll try not to make that mistake again. But when they got casted as Ellie in The Last of Us thing, everyone was slagging it off and saying that they didn't like it. But to be fair... Ellie was never a conventionally attractive character anyways. She was always really bug-eyed and awkward. I also she think was that a kid. everyone was waiting for the casting type of Ashley Johnson as Ellie. Which you're not going to get a 30-year-old playing a kid. Exactly. But that's what, the, that's what the gamers wanted. They wanted the voice of Ellie from the video game to be the face of Ellie in the TV show, which it was good to not do that but yeah. to have ashley johnson's character have ashley johnson play a character which just so happened to be 
Ellie's mum. Yeah, that was a good... Besides, that was they got perfect. Troy Baker in, didn't they, to play one of that dude's men? Because yeah. obviously he's the voice of Joel. Now, I don't particularly like Troy Baker. I think he's a bit of a narcissistic arsehole. But it was nice to, again, see him come back. Yeah. It's um, like that That was probably one of the only video game to TV adaptations that I thoroughly enjoyed and would say is a... Perfect show. Is one of the greatest transitions. Because there was one recently, was there not? What, another game to TV? Yeah. No, I don't know of any. I've probably I heard of it. I was having a debate with someone. There was Castlevania Nocturne. Uh, I don't think it was that. I think there was another one that came out of somewhere. Well, came out. While you Google, I'm going to keep singing Last of Us as praise. Ah, it, oh, was, it was the it. One Piece. Oh, yeah. That, it was One that Piece. That was fucking anime. outstanding. Yep. I adored that so much. But going back to Last of Us, they looked at angles of it that you couldn't really tackle in the game setting, like, for example, Bill's story. The that, greatest episode of the entire That series. had me sobbing like a baby. It was such a gut-wrenching episode. And the fact, what I loved most about that is, like, if no one's seen it and they don't like zombies and that's why they've avoided it, I advise finding the episode that's purely about Bill. There's one zombie in it and that is it. It's completely void of the rest of the world. It's very much an isolated story that could be its own feature length. And... Jesus Christ, it is probably one of the most powerful episodes of any show. Uh, it is episode three for those that are not aware. It's called Long, Long Time. Yeah. It was... Making a show from the One Piece game, though. It's a fully recreation of the anime. Huh? No idea. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, yeah, no, that episode's outstanding. And I would, I recommend anyone who, even if you're not a fan of zombies, it's all like it's only one, it's only in it briefly. You can, you can get past it fine. You can even skip 30 seconds, it'll be gone. But Jesus Christ. Right. It, yeah, no, completely agree. But shall we take it from things that we rant and rave and love to the something things... that is getting hit terribly? Oh, I think we should, uh, because this has been caught up in a uh, a web of negative reviews already. Which I might have a controversial opinion on this, but yeah, we'll but get did, into did it and reveal what it is. Did you like my pun? <laughs> yeah, it was a fucking yeah. shit you know, pun. You, you know what? I'm going to kiss you when I see you next. Oh, as long as it's that on was, the penis. That's how good it was. You want a free oh, vape? Always on the penis. Yeah. My asshole. Uh, Madam Web! <laughs> now... <laughs> I personally think the trailer looks a little bit of alright. I don't know about you, so I, I don't know what your opinions are. I was blown away by it. Apart from the fact that it's got lady person from Fifty Shades that gets her baps yeah, out, mi- and I can't unsee that scene now. I've yeah. seen her baps too many times, because I love the Fifty Shades films. I'm going to be honest and say that I thoroughly enjoy them. They are great films to me, because I'm a little bitch. Kinky slut. I thought the trailer looked fucking fantastic. And I'm very excited to see it, despite yeah. the review, the negative reviews that have currently been hit. 
Nah, to be fair, it, it does look alright and like all kinky tits playing the lead role. Like I know a lot of people are like, oh, she's the one from Fifty Shades. <laughs> oh, kinky tits. Like, yeah, she's done Fifty Shades and I mean, you can't just you, typecast them as a nymphomaniac just because they've done that one thing. You've got to push past that and see past that because otherwise no one's going to be able to play anything ever again because they did one role where they got their bum out or their cock out or their tits out. You're never going to be able to push past it. Yeah, and they'll uh, never be able to be an actor. Otherwise, half of the else. people in Game of Thrones would be out of a career. Exactly. And we'd love Game of Thrones people. But it's, it's one of them that's like, I don't... The premise of it looks cool. Don't get me wrong. But my worry with, like, how bad Morbius was, or Morbius, whatever the fuck it was. Morbius? Yeah, Morbius is the one from Loki. Morbius, Morbius is a vampire. Um, with how bad the writing for that was, and how, I don't know, it might just be my personal opinion, but I thought Venom 2 felt a little bit incoherent in places. I'm worried that the complex, time-bending nature of this story might be too much for the writers to handle. And the acting, I'll be honest, it does feel like I'm looking at a CW show, but at the same time, for the longest time, I watched all the fucking Arrowverse shows and I I enjoyed them. So I'm not going to sit there and say that that's an inherently bad thing. I I reckon, depending on where this falls into the MCU, you need to take it with a massive pinch of salt. Is this going to be a one-off movie of Marvel, or is this the introduction of these characters and they will be in the MCU? Because if it's a standalone movie like Venom was, you just um, watch it as an entertaining factor. Yeah, well, it's Sony, so I imagine it's going to be a bit like uh, Morbius and... um, Venom. Venom, where it's like sort of like they are technically connected to the MCU, but they're very much isolated because they're in their own timelines. Um, it's. It, I'm intrigued. I am intrigued. And the cast looks fun. It looks fun. good. It looks good. Casting is very. I think you've got some A list and B list. Yeah. Uh, actors but in it. it but... The special effects look alright. From the brief bits we see here, the combat looks fun. Uh, my only um, thing with it is I think a lot of people give Sony a bad rep because of how much they've sort of dropped the ball. It sort of started with Raimi's Spider-Man 3 and then went from there with like the like the stuff that Amazing Spider-Man 2 did wrong. People seem to focus on a lot more than the stuff Amazing Spider-Man did right. And I just feel like because of them mixed with Morbius's flop, like a lot of people thought Venom 1 were going to be shit. I really like Venom 1. Venom 2, I like that. I just feel, like I said, I just feel like some of the storytelling in places is a bit incoherent. But as a whole, I like it. The storytelling was a bit bit lacklustre in places, but the fact of Woody Harrelson. Playing Carnage, yeah. I love Woody Harrelson. It's just great. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm cautiously optimistic. Probably how I would say it. Like I said, they just need to nail down their timing because that seems to be like a very cool plot point to it and plot hook and that they're going to be utilizing and i'm worried that it's going to be a bit like the marvels which if no one's seen it yet they've got it's not a major spoiler it's really mad they've got a cool concept where every time they use the powers they swap places but they seem to forget about it almost as hard as um the mccann's forgot they had a daughter so 
it's <laughs> as soon as you start hitting that point and it starts to fall in places the whole validity and connection between the entire story kind of falters and i'm worried that it's going to be the same thing here but i'm i'm hoping it's not i want it to do well because I, I reckon that it will be a good standalone movie but just take like it, it it's i reckon that it will be a thing like rings of power and this is opinion that i've had and that we've just discussed before yeah rings of power came out as a prequel series to the hobbit and lord of the rings now if you watch it as a as a addition to those universes and that franchise it's very shit yeah but you watch it as a standalone movie or well tv show yeah. and you just watch it as a fantasy thing and not, not a lord, a lord of the rings, lord of the rings thing, thing yeah and it's great i i'm thoroughly enjoying it like i love it and yes knowing that oh this character's this person this person's that person and la di da di da you're never going to be fully able to like move away from it but i think it's really fucking good honestly i enjoyed it i do understand i do understand the criticism and i'm not going to sit there and say the criticism's wrong because a lot of the criticism is correct but my main issue with it wasn't the show it was the response from the people after who were basically blaming the fans for saying that it was bad and that it wasn't bad, the fans were wrong. Or like when the fans turned around and said it's a very well-established thing in the Lord of the Rings universe that female dwarves have beards, and then they showed, um, I'm blanking on her name, but Durin's wife. Yeah. Um, and it was like, she has a beard, we painstakingly put all the hairs in, and then it shows her face, and she's, she maybe has like one hair, which is probably actually hers. Like yeah, I've got more facial hair than her, and that's fucking saying something. But yeah, so it was just a bit. Like I said it was the it was the response from the studio that left a, a, a bad taste in my mouth. As opposed to the actual show, the show was great. The acting was super, sub, sublime. I was trying to say superb, but it wasn't happening. I almost said superlative, and I was like, that is not the word that you use in that sentence. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I thought the costume design was great. I know a lot of criticism people had about the uh, the naval armor that they saw, but it was very um, on like lore accurate, considering that's kind of what like Athenian soldiers wore in ancient Greece. Yeah. Um, for their naval, it was lighter. You wouldn't sink as much if you fell in the water. It was yeah. You had more mobility for like hoisting around. So it made more sense. And I really, really, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'd, other than that, I don't really know what to say about it because I don't know a lot comic-wise about Madam Web. I don't know a lot of her. Sorry, Spider-Man, one of my favorite superheroes of all time. The extended Spider-Man universe, I don't know all that well. Like other than like the um, game from a while ago and now Spider-Verse, those are the only things I really know about Miguel O'Hara. Um, only ones I really know much about is Peter Parker and Miles. Definitely Miles, because Miles is my fa- my, my favourite Marvel character of all time, like in terms of comics. But like, I don't know much about this side of the Spider Verse. I don't know about you. Do you know much about it? Are you ex- not it- much? I just watch stuff to enjoy it. That's the thing with me. I've watched a lot of things across a load of different genres, and my opinions of things are completely different because I just enjoy I enjoy the things for what they are, and that is entertainment. Yeah, I wouldn't say apart from Warcraft, which I am like wholeheartedly like you say some boo to a goose and you say something wrong about Warcraft and I'll tell you fucking nads off. But for anything else, 
I'm just in it for. I wouldn't actually do that. I'm not that part, that person. But yeah, you would. I I watch movies because they are entertaining, and yeah. my opinions will just be from an entertaining factor. I will criticize a film and say that it's shit if it is shit. But I think from like Madame Web, from what I've seen from the trailer, and from other movies like Morbius, I enjoyed it. It. I won't watch it again. Yeah. But I, what I enjoyed it for my first watch through. Yeah, see, I didn't rate it at all, and then it got to that bit with Matt Smith dancing, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I love Matt Smith, but Jesus wept. But we'll, we'll, we'll see what goes on with it, but again, it, it's a bit like when the Halo show came out, though, like a lot of people gave that criticism. Even when it was out, they gave it criticism, and then it wasn't until you, you showed me the episode, and I was like, you know what? I fucking love the Halo Paramount show. I think it's really fucking good. The the Halo Paramount show was the best iteration of Halo that we have seen. The combat scene later in 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 the series, like the combat scenes, they are very close to recreating that childhood. Yeah. I'm playing Halo Two for the first time, and I'm fighting the Covenant, and it's great. And you see the fight scenes, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and it actually represents Spartans as badasses like one man going up against a fucking army and still being able to fuck the shit out of things yeah it's amazing to and see i like the way that the show kind of filled the gaps of oh you know all that heads up display that you have in game that's actually like fed into the helmet that's actually what they see and it was like it was kind of cool and then like when he gets hit a few times you hear the nostalgic shield is fucked yeah your shield playing i remember playing halo 3 as a kid and whenever my fucking shield died i was hiding in car like fuck 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 and i got that same kind of danger feeling in my chest as i did hearing it in the the show and i was like that is nostalgia my thing was uh when you see the needle the needler gun i've not seen you it just yet. know oh i'm so excited dude, you need to just after this podcast sit down and watch it after this podcast i'm editing this podcast because i don't want to leave it a month again yeah but there were different situations that's true but yeah, so that, that's right. Madam Web. We're excited for it. We'll see Shall what happens. We? But now but it's something I'm is, excited for. It is. But we're, so we're transitioning from one type of animal being spiders and their webs to another type of animal being bats and their fangs. I'm so excited! We've got Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 news, everyone, and I could spaff. For anyone who doesn't know what Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines is, it is a cult classic RPG set in a dystopian world where vampires control the underground. Stuff like that. I mean, underground like the crime syndicates and stuff, not like the sewers, but they are in the sewers. Um, you can choose your different class. You can play as like all these different clans, one of them being the Nosferatu, which is like your full-on, like, I can't do that, your blood, pointy ears bollocks. They're fun because, like, if you, like, go out in public with them, they're like, you're not allowed out in public. People freak out and shoot you. But we've been waiting for this game for ages. It's gone through development hell. No one's really seen what's going on with it. But now it's... We've got not only gameplay, but we have... A, re a slight reveal of the Bruja clan and all I'm saying is this game looks amazing. Character models look a bit washed out in terms of textures. I'll give them that, but the snow looks great. 
and the lighting looks great and the combat looks really fluid. It reminds me almost of Cyberpunk now they've added all the air dashing in. That's the best way. Uh, it, it looks very fluid. Like the Cyberpunk guys. Nah, it's just it's just a comparative, but <laughs> if the way look, if it does translate to that sort of combat, we're gonna have a bloody good game on our hands. Now I've not played a Bloodlines game. No, Vampire Masquerade. You've got like Swan Song and you've got the Battle Royale and stuff like that. I'm not bothered about them. I specifically wanted to play it because I love the RPG elements of the first one. It's a cult classic. It's it's not aged great in terms of visuals, but if you can get yourself a copy of it, I think it is on Steam. I 100% recommend playing it because it is fantastic. You will you will enjoy yourself. You will love it. But the Wait, actual game, Bloodlines. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, yeah. I think I actually have it in my Steam list. I think honestly, I bought it way back in the day, honestly, but I've never played it. You need to give it a go. The first game's fucking outstanding. Don't come to me for advice because it's been about 10 years since I've played it, but you'll enjoy it. Trust me. You want to play just for vampire titties? Uh, see, titties, everyone loves titties. Titties are fun. Titties are the greatest. Titties are the best. Let me squeeze those big old titties on your chest. Um, but yeah, so that's coming. I want to say fall next year. It's still a bit of a ways off. Like I said, it was in development hell. Chinese rumor developing it now. Um, but it looks good. It looks. Oh, I got it, blood hunt. It looks good. A blood hunt's the um, battle royale, I think. Yeah. But the yeah, if you can get a chance to play Bloodlines One, like I said, if if you want a good narrative driven game, like a proper role playing game, it it's fun. I yeah, I, I, I just watched that. It, how clean does that look? That you looks very clean. You see clean. what I mean and with the, the dashing, though? It looked it very reminiscent of the dashing combat from Cyberpunk. You see what I mean? Dashing combat from Cyberpunk with slight iterations of uh, <laughs> Dishonored, if I'm honest. That's a good shout, yeah. It's, it looks like a very clean game. I'm not going to lie. It does. I'm very surprised. Very clean. And if that's where they're at now, we're probably a year away from when it's coming. I'm excited to see what else they do. Now, they did say on this trailer there's an extended reveal at some point. I'm just January waiting. 2024. Is that what it said? Yeah. Yeah, January. So in a couple months, we'll, we'll see a lot more of it. And I imagine when they show us the Bruja, then they'll probably show us more of the clans as well. Um, it's a form, it's one I'm very excited for. As long as they show us like more gameplay, I think that's what we need is if a trailer shows us gameplay and not a cinematic trailer that's been rendered by 17 million quantum PCs yeah. to make it look like the glossiest piece of shit ever, as yeah. long as they give us some some proper gameplay trailer, like they've done in this. With well, well that's the thing. this is a gameplay reveal, and then they've said they're getting the extended gameplay reveal next time. So to see actual gameplay, even with it being a ways off, like normally with a, with a, a, a game like this, it's so well anticipated, you'd just be getting cinematics. Yeah. Or captured in engine, but not gameplay. Yeah. Like, we've not even. I think everything, even with the gameplay that we've seen, uh, Frontiers of Pandora, which we're going to get onto a bit later on in the podcast, I don't even think that's gameplay. I think that's just pre rendered, captured in engine. Yeah. Most of it. Um, but I'm, that, yeah, that's what I'm very excited for. But going on, we're good, I'm going to quick fire a few of these now because we've got a lot to cover. Going from one game I'm very excited to that Sam's never played the series of before to another game I'm very excited about that Sam's never played the series of before. Recently, 
it was N7 Day. And we got our first look at the new protagonist. Now, I'm intrigued at who it is because it's a very slender build. I don't think it's a male. I do think it's a female. The question is, is it I... Femshep? Is it Liara? Is it someone new? Are we going to go... Is, is this going to be our new protagonist going looking for Shepard after the events of 3? Like... Huh? You'll... You'll find out. Shepard has his own trilogy and then Andromeda is a separate set of people. Okay. Um. So there's been a, a decent bit chunk of time before between the events of what happened in 3 where Shepard was about and now. Um... But you'll you'll see it when you play it. But we've got stuff like that. But the thing that's intrigued me most about this is I don't know how it's going to be linked. But um, Bioware have confirmed they are not retconning Andromeda. Andro the events of Andromeda will play a part in the events of this game, which I am happy about because I don't think Andromeda deserved all the hate it got. I really enjoyed Andromeda. It wasn't as good as the first three in terms of story, but gameplay-wise, I thought it shit on the other three, personally. That's just my opinion. The combat on it was superb, and that was the main, main drawing point, point of it. Faces were a bit shit, characters were a bit bland. The worlds were nice, the, ga the gameplay was nice. The overarching story as a whole was nice, the boss fights were good. I really enjoyed Andromeda, and I re again, I recommend it to Sam, if you've not had a chance to play them, play all of these, because they're amazing. I will. I'm just uh, booting up my Steam now to add them to my basket, yeah. ready for payday. One thing I will say is, two is the best three sort of plateaus off the back of two, so it can feel like a slog in places, but stick with it. And then, like I said, Andromeda, go into Andromeda like a completely separate entity. That's the only thing I'll say. <laughs> Okay. But they are all amazing. They are all very, 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 very good. Um, unfortunately, though, other than that, we know nothing about this. We know Liara's about. She's looking. Liara is the blue bitch from all three games who I have fucked about 40 times in game. It's fucking awesome. I love her so much. She's the best character. She's our, she's our best blue girl. But going from... Again, two games that uh, Sam has never played and I am very excited for. Two, a game that Sam has played and I never have and Sam is very excited for. Sam, would you like to take the lead on uh, talking about the reveals we got at BlizzCon for Warcraft? Yeah, so BlizzCon was a massive, massive uh, event this year. Uh, compared to other years, to be honest, it was the first time that they were back together. Um, after all the, the COVID stuff, we've had just virtual ones over and over. But this year was the first one, and in my opinion, it has been blown out of the water for the content that we are going to be getting, the content that we are to be expecting. Now, what we're actually going to be covering in the podcast is the World of Warcraft section, which is my baby. I've been playing the game for like 16 years, and it's been great. Well, while you, can... while you keep breaking down Warcraft for people, I'm just going to nip and grab another drink. So you keep doing that. I'll be back in one second. Yeah. So we have been told, we've been, the reveal has been given for the next expansion, or should I say next three expansions? which is something that Warcraft has never done before. We, we've never been given this 
this is the next few things and it's all going to tie into one story so the whole story is going to be called the world soul saga we're finally getting back to the nitty-gritty about the soul of azeroth themselves the thing that we've been protecting from outside sources whether it be extraterrestrial to demons to the titans themselves so we are going to be getting next year the war within this is going to take us to the to the underbelly of Warcraft, the, the the underneath the surface, and just from the gameplay and everything, it's going to be adding in so many features that we have been wanting for so bloody long. We've got war camps and transmog and cool things. Kobolds have got jacked, man. Like kobolds have now been on steroids. It's unreal, but. We've got the free expansion, so we've got War Within, followed by Night uh, Midnight, followed by The Last Titan, which should conclude the World Soul Saga. Everything that they've discussed is just looking to be fucking phenomenal, and I believe that this is Warcraft 2.0. This also goes off the back of some things that I've been reading in the Aether before, that Blizzard might be splitting away from Activision. Which could be interesting. I I think it might be a good thing for Blizzard as a company to let Blizzard be Blizzard again, which is why we've now got the World Soul Saga and we've got all the big reveals that make everything look good. But that's just my opinion. I think it's great what they're doing. They've given us three expansion reveals as opposed to one. We know the direction that the game's going in and it's nice to see Chris Metzen back at the helm uh taking charge and pushing it in a in a way but i did call during the reveal for the next expansion that thrall was going to have a big part of it because if metzen's there thrall is daddy i'm assuming that's these two on the picture that i'm seeing the he's the big orc motherfucker yeah literally metzen is the voice of thrall but he's also the chief operations officer or something yeah yeah i remember remember telling me on the day yeah but I do think that going off the back of what you were saying about the rumours that they could be splitting them, I do also think that could be a power play by Xbox because Xbox have obviously signed that agreement about Activision games, about how they're not going to like keep put them on Game Pass and shit because, or whatever, I can't remember the full nitty gritties of it because of like, the fair use agreements that they had to make with PlayStation. They never made them agreements for Blizzard properties. So if they separate them, that's a way to worm the way around the contract and bring Blizzard properties... Yeah, I, I I do think it's also the thing that when you look at it, Phil Spencer, Mr. Man of Xbox, he's a Diablo fan through and through. Yeah, he is. He came out and did a little expose chat here talking about, it's good to have you and everything. But I reckon because he's a fan of Blizzard and Diablo in particular, he's going to try and split the entities into two. Activision does the Call of Duties and stuff like that, and Blizzard does its Warcraft yeah. in that universe, and the two finally split. Because, I'm sorry, but the downhill for the company, or the companies, or at least Blizzard for me, it started at the like at the release of Wrath of the Lich King, which was the last best expansion that we had, which was fucking damn near coming up to two decades ago now. And... Old fuck. Ever, ever, yeah, fuck you. Ever since then, 
Warcraft has gone downhill in a lot of people's opinions. And it's since uh, Activision took over Blizzard. So maybe the split is what Blizzard needs to get back to its roots to give us the content that we need. But I'm excited for it. The War Within is great and the pre-order bonuses. It's a bit controversial because they've added in a three-day early access if you buy the Big Boy Bundle. They've never done that before with any other game. You, every com- country and every person has been given it at the same moment in time. Yeah, I, I think but, we've covered them sort of practices in the pod before. You, paying for early access stuff is never something I've really agreed with. I feel like the whole point of pre-ordering a game is you are giving them your money in advance to show faith that you believe they're going to give you a good product. And because of that, the second it's out, you can boot it. And I feel like... The minute they say, thank you for your contribution, but you didn't give us enough seat, we don't value as high as we do these people. That, to me, is when it gets shit. If it was a Kickstarter or anything like that, and you actively funded the development of the game, then yes, I do think tier systems for different rewards, brilliant. Maybe early access, like access to private betas and stuff of a Kickstarter, yes, but I do feel like pre-ordering for access to the game earlier than other people that have also pre-ordered and given the money before the release of the game. I don't think it's right. Yeah, pre-orders for me was more collectible side. Yeah. You'd get physical things that were one of a kind. Well, not one of a kind, but unique to that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm completely with you on that. The fact that they're doing the three-day early access if you spend, I think it's £90 for the big boy bundle yeah uh, no it's 74.99 still a lot of money yeah it's a lot of money to get three days early access which means you're going to be away better than anyone yeah and is a pvp in uh, warcraft yes there is cool so if you pay for the big boy bundle you can probably go get all of the new stuff before it's been reworked and balanced when it's been game and then you can go decimate pvp yeah yeah, but you also yeah, you basically you are going to be limited, but you can complete all the content. You can get your crafting skills up. You can be the max person out of everyone. You can be crafting all the best stuff. You go into PvP, and there's you with like a million health, and there's little Jimmy that's just started his his expansion. But it's with like a hundred. I 000. feel like this is a pattern that Blizzard do tend to follow with a lot of the games, like the fact that. You hear it all the time with Diablo when they bring a new class in and people spend all that money on it and it's overpowered and then the minute it plateaus with sales, they nerf it. Or the fact that Overwatch every new season, oh, you can get, you can play the game, build up the battle pass and unlock this new character, or you can spend 25 quid just to unlock this one character and you can play them on day one. But just so you know, the minute the sales on that battle pass plateau, we're going to nerf them so they're actually in line with what the game needs to be in the balance and that point, that point then it's bullshit. So I feel like this is a running theme for Blizzard and it's not one I'm liking. Like I know you love Blizzard and I feel bad slagging off one of your favourite development companies, but I do feel like it is quite a malicious way of milking more money out of the consumer. Mate, it it's it's not a slag off. It's your opinion. Everyone's allowed their opinion. I by the time that you've learned, it's like it, it's even to the the point where you start a new character 
and that character to all of the stats and everything is the best character that you can play. It puts out the most damage if you get everything up to scratch. Yeah. By the time you've done that, they've nerfed you. Yeah. And it, it, it's that constant. I know that there needs to be a balance between things, but they, they don't do balance in the right way. And the fact that they've now got this like three days early access, which will allow them, unless they put a lock on it and you're only playing three days early access for story stuff. Would be. And they lock the stuff behind a time gate, which is what Blizzard would really love to do. It's, I don't know how it's going to work. It's, it's going to be someone's going to have a monopoly. Tackle. Whether it's going to be power, whether it's money, whether it's resources, there's going to be a hierarchy, and there's going to be uh, some issues with it. Yeah, it's just it's just one of them for me. It's like you see it in one game, and you're like, yeah, it's one game, but there's different teams working on each game. So you see it in one game match, but like, yeah, like they might just have trouble trouble with balancing. It might be that specific game, but it just seems to be. A run it's starting to become a running theme with every title. And I'm like, there got yeah. there's gotta be a point when you sit there and think, is it actually a case of balancing is hard? Because balancing is hard. We all know it is. Some people don't give a fuck. Activision, which ironically, same people, they're really prone to doing it with new guns in new uh, new seasons of COD. They do the exact same thing there. So when you look at Activision Blizzard when they do it in Call of Duty, they do it in um Warcraft, they do it in Overwatch, they do it in Diablo. It's you know when it starts to become that running theme. That's when I sit there the and I think maybe the, um, it's not like a one-off. Oh, the devs are trying kind of thing, and more of a strategic. It's yeah, it's a fact that every patch you'd have the M4 was the best thing, and then it'd swap over to the Gaz or whatever gun, yeah. MP5, and that was the best thing, and it would just be nerf, 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 but. I think that's enough of Warcraft. Let's go over to another game, but we are highly anticipating. The world is anticipating. This has been a long time coming. And I'm really, but, really concerned by some of the things we've heard about it. it. It's concerning, but I am going to say this now. We were waiting for GTA 5. For decades. But, for well, not decades, but for a long-ass time. For, for a long-ass time. And when it came out, it has blown it out of the water, and they are still releasing content. Not much. And it's all, exploited, it it's all exploitative now. multiplayer. So that I want to get into the role-playing. But yes, we have confirmation that probably, most likely during the Game Awards, but early, like early, early, early next month, we are finally getting... The trailer for GTA 6. Now, I don't know how much you know about GTA 6. I actually know a fair bit because I've been following it. So I don't know if you want me to take the lead on this one or if you're quite educated as well. You take the lead. I'm not too clued up on GTA. So, um, we already know who the heroes are. That got leaked a while ago and it was basically already confirmed. It's a male and female husband and wife, um, or boyfriend and girlfriend. So it's going to be the first Rockstar game where it is a female protagonist in single player. So it's it's quite a big thing in terms of that because it's something that a lot of the fan base have been asking for for a while. Like I said, they play um, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. I'm not sure which one it is. It could be fiancés, but they're supposed to be... So I, I believe they're wanting to do it like sort of like a modern-day retelling of the Bonnie and Clyde story. Okay. 
and it's inspired by a movie that had Ryan Gosling in it. Drive? It's called... Again, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. That's not the right one. That's not telling me. I can't remember what it is, but there's a movie um, somewhere. I can't remember what it's called, but it's got Ryan Gosling. Is it La La Land? No, it's A Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, so the film called A Place Beyond the Pines, it's uh, Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendes. Um, GTA 6, it's, it, it was basically confirmed that this is directly what's inspired that for them. Like, even if you look at the characters, it's like anyone who can see now, you can sort of see the two characters have been shown in this trailer. You can see Ryan's character and uh, Eva's character. Um, I'll show you what the... Uh, the characters for this look like. Uh, where are they? Please don't give me anything naughty. They even, it's, it's small unfortunately, but they even kind of look like them. Especially, yeah. especially the female. They actually kind of look like the characters from the movie. That's, that's the big thing is... And at the time, I believe initially when they pitched this idea, they were trying to actually get Eva Mendes and Ryan Gosling in to play the play the characters. Uh, so there is a GTA subscription. It's GTA on a GTA Plus or GTA Online Plus. Um, that's already a thing. It's um, you can subscribe to it. No, a bit like Amazon do, like the extra channels and stuff you can get through the Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. It's a bit like that. You've you can got now- the game, but if you want the subscription to give you a little bit extra. You yeah. can go for it, but you don't it's need not to play said game. Yeah. But, um, yes, GTA Plus is a thing. I ain't touching it, personally. But, yeah, so it's, it's a male and female, Bonnie and Clyde story um, about two partners. It looks like they're going to be interchangeable protagonists at any point, a bit like um, Trevor Michael and um, Franklin were in GTA Five, which is I good. That. I love that mechanic as well. Um as we all know, GTA always solid for storytelling. They always have been. There's been a lot of leaks around the map. Um, originally, it was supposed to be a remastered Vice City because obviously we've now had a remastered San Andreas and a remastered Liberty City in 4 and 5. People thought GTA 6 remastered um, Vice City. The leaks for the map are insane. The leaks for the map are actually huge. And I know we get this every time, but I believe one of them was leaked by the person who leaked the... Um, the GTA 5 map before it came out and it ended up being correct. Um, which is the insane bit. But it's... Uh, I think it is still Vice City. As far as I'm aware. Here you go. So you'll be able to see this here, Sam. On the... Um, on the I'm pod. I'm watching. I'm just trying to... Oh, no, it's going to be a stupid YouTube video, isn't it? Here we go. He's just going to show me like a zoomed out version of the map so I can show everyone on the sh- podcast. That's going to be the best we get. But you can see ugh, it's covered up. But there is like, obviously you can see like the different bridges and islands and stuff. It's, it looks like you've got Miami there. You've got Vice City there. 
and then it's going to go off rather than just having Vice City. Because Vice City, I believe, was one of the smaller maps in GTA, wasn't it? Yeah. It looks like from Vice City, um, from Miami, it's going to go off, and there's going to be a lot more to do. Um, but like on the leaked map, you can see the stuff like there's basketball, country clubs, bowling. Hey, Nico, let's go bowling! Um, movie theaters are back, golf course are back, fishing looks like it's going to be in the game. Um, sea races and stock car racing, strip clubs for all you uh, lonely, lonely people out there. But there's a, there's a lot on offer. The only complaint anyone's really had with it so far is the price has been leaked. And this oh, is, I've seen this. This I've is the kicker. This, now, yeah. if this is true, a lot of people aren't going to be happy. But at the same uh, time... Before you say anything about the price, no matter what price you pay, GTA Five has been around for 10 fucking years, and people need to realise that, that it has been around for such a bloody long time, and it is still one of the highly played games on yeah. Twitch and YouTube and stuff like that with RP and stuff coming into it. If you're paying more now than you paid for GTA Five, so what? You're paying for a game that's probably going to outlast any Call of Duty spent it. You're playing, for, you're, you're playing for probably 10 years of gameplay. Exactly. It's like Skyrim. Yeah. Skyrim was a big game that you could play for decades, really. Yeah. But... So Sorry, I've, I needed to just get yeah. that out while it was in my head. So I've got some people saying, what is the price? This is going to make some people a bit pained. Now, obviously, this isn't confirmed. Take everything I've said here with a grain of salt. We're not going to know anything for sure until the 6th, probably. 6th or 7th or 8th, around that month. That was really hard to say. 6th, 7th and 8th in one sentence. Um, it's been leaked that the price is going to be $140. Which is very, very expensive for a game. But are we really surprised when they basically re-released the three, uh, 316 PlayStation 3 version of Red Dead 1 as a full-price game this year? It's, it's, it's a tough one. I probably, when it comes out, will, if I can afford it, I probably will pay that price. I am part of the problem. But I have played every single Grand Theft Auto, and I don't intend to stop now because I have loved every single one of them. It's not like COD where it's like the same thing every time either. Every single one of them have had individual points of enjoyment, and the same with the Red Dead Redemption games and LA Noire. The only Rockstar game I've not played, I think, is probably Bully. The the fact when it comes to Rockstar games and the the expensive prices of them. And then, obviously, the leaked price of GTA 6. As I said, if you are going to be getting a decade worth of content out of it, and it's going to be a game that is supported, updated regularly with content, I don't think that is a bad thing. The shift in game prices, we've all seen it. It is slowly crept well, up. Well, that's the thing. The past, I mean, the past couple of years, it's gone up exponentially. We're now on, like, £70 for a game. And what you've got to bear in mind is, Play, we don't know when this is, is exactly coming like yet. That. We don't know when this yeah. is coming yet. It could be 2026, 2027. We don't know. And the fact is, GTA and Rockstar, they make their own <clears throat> engines. Yeah. Don't they? So I believe so, yeah. You're not just pay you're not buying a game that's on an engine that everyone else uses. It's just different pixels 
in a different gradient and texture and everything. GTA are creating a brand new. They're they're, they're most likely doing the GTA en- engine version six. Yeah, taking what they had in five and making it glossy. They're probably going ray tracing to fuck, but that it ran runs on a PlayStation and an Xbox. But I I do everything. feel like they are probably going to try and push this hundred forty price tag. And I imagine what's going to happen is they're going to f- meet a lot of resistance from the fan base and they'll probably drop it to like 100. And people will sit there and think, well, that's better than 140 and they'll settle and then they can still release a game for a hell of a lot more expensive than what the current market is. But because of what it could have been, it's a bargain because I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but I know for a fact we've seen that with shit before. And I do feel like that might be the strategy they're going to try and push. It, it's difficult. I'm I'm reading um, Felix's comments in chat, and they're making a good point. Like Baldur's Gate was sixty at release, and yeah. now it's dropped down to forty-five. And yes, there is a lot of replayability with Baldur's Gate. Is there? But it, it, <laughs> says the man that's got seventeen playthroughs currently in the works. It's five. It's still a terrible number, but it's, it's five. Still, it's, <laughs> that's not including the two playthroughs of Huffles because Huffle didn't know whether they wanted to play this or that. But there is a lot of pl- replayability there. But we all have we have to take into consideration. Baldur's Gate Three is just a co-op game. GTA Six is going to be a full multiplayer. Like you've got your single-player version. You've got your full multiplayer version. And if they do it correctly, having a role play function yeah. built into the game. Now, that would be game changer. And I that, d- I think, would warrant at least 100 quid. I do I do feel like the one, the things they need to do to warrant the X Enterprise is cross-play, cross cross-progression. Yeah. Just so everyone can be connected. Like you said server lists you can join dedicated servers for stuff like role playing stuff like that and then i would say deliver on a a solid single player experience but let's face it it's rockstar as much as they have bad practices in terms of microtransactions they never drop the ball with a single player experience i'll tell you something that happened yesterday dad and i were watching um youtube shorts yeah and there was a red dead redemption 2 one and my dad thought it was fucking hilarious. This guy's in his 50s, only really played Warcraft in the early Call of Duties. Um, and he was astonished that the developers of Red Dead Redemption 2 thought of the fact, and the player base thought of the fact that during a mission when you're dropping off some like gunpowder in a horse-drawn carriage, you can shoot the back of it, it oh, creates a trial. Are you on about when he drives the you oil in... cart into Cletus's yes. barn and, and blows him up? You shoot it, <laughs> yeah. you shoot it, and you drive it in. The fact that that is a thing, I'm sorry, but that would, to me, the fact that that is an engine that some developer somewhere was like, huh, should we have some fun? But we were not going to tell anyone you can have this kind of fun. They've just got to discover it themselves. And you discover it, and you have that much fun. But it's simple things like... In the cold, the testicles shrink in Red Dead on the horses. Like, 
little details like that's the stuff you go to Rockstar for is games with well thought out worlds that feel alive, feel fluid. The world actually feels like you ain't the main character. You're just in it. There's other people doing other things around you. And it's, like I said, Red Dead 2 story-wise is one of my all-time favorite experiences. It's gut-wrenching. I love it. I hate it. It's beautiful. Arthur Morgan is one of the most compelling and non-clear-cut characters I've, I've seen in gaming in a while. And that's the sort of stuff that is why we go to Rockstar, and that's why I I do this game, regardless of what they do with the multiplayer. I know I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, I do think 140 pound. I don't think they're actually going to do that. I do think that's just rumors, and I do feel like what they're going to do is it is going to be higher priced than a lot of things we do see on the market. But I don't think it's going to be 140 pounds. I think that is there purely so when it hits, they go. Oh, well, it's not as bad as 140, so it's okay. The one thing I would say on that is we have to all take into consideration the fact that the production, like, financial standpoint of this game is going to be far greater than what 5 was and what was 4 was and 3 was and all that. The production, the, the money that they need to create this game has gone up. And I think... The hike to if it goes to 140 is acceptable. It's just for people in this age, like you and I. Yeah, we don't want any. We're not seeing any increase in our money coming in. So therefore, when we see a game hiking up to 140 yeah. quid, that's double what we want to pay for a game anyway. I think 70 quid, maybe 80 at a push for like a collector's epic edition. Expensive. That's extortion. Yeah. That's, I, I struggle to get like com- persuade my mind. Yeah, remember, to buy that. When, remember when new games were 45 quid and life was fucking simple? Yeah. 39.99 was the most that you paid for a game and you walked into a Steam store, uh, a game store and you bought it and you had that disc in hand and it had all the uh, uh, like optional the extras and stuff. The, the maps, Skyrim giving manuals. you the map. Yeah. That's all been lost. And yes, 140 quid is going to be a massive fucking kick in the bollocks for a lot of people. We won't want to pay that. But the production value of GTA 6 has gone up exponentially because that's just the way that they're doing it. They're trying to progress the way that things are. Yeah. And if 140 quid is the real thing, it's not the fact that we don't want to pay it. It's the fact that we can't afford to pay it because yeah. our wages aren't going up at the, at the same time of yeah. inflation. We're just in keeping up with inflation. And that's, that's the thing they've got to look at is, yes, it would be it is going to be more expensive for them to make, and it would be nice for them to make as much money of it as possible to fund their future endeavours, but they need to look at it from a business standpoint of if the standard consumer can't afford our game, it's going to fuck us over in the long run. And that's that's it, the main it, issue. But like I said, we don't know when this game is coming. Like I said, the the, amount, the fact that we can still remember when games are £45 or £39.99, and yeah. that, that was like, even that was classed as fucking pricey. And that, that was only, what, 10 years ago? When we had to be on our hands and knees and beg our parents, like I begged my parents for a free six, uh, was it a 360 copy or an Xbox One copy of, no, it was a 360 copy of Skyrim. Yeah. I saw it in a store. 
I looked at it, it looked fucking phenomenal. And I was down there on my knees begging my mum, who was on the phone to my dad, I want this for Christmas. I want this for Christmas. I don't want anything else for Christmas. You can give me just this and some socks. And I will play this game to the end of the fucking earth. And you know what they did? They bought it for me. You know, it was 40 quid. And that was a lot for my parents because we were a large family. They bought it for me. And I played that game to the fucking end of the earth. And I will continue playing it See, until I die. My experience with Skyrim was a little <laughs> bit different. But this is also a reason why Skyrim was such a dear game to me. Is um, I got Skyrim when my first childhood dog died. And I was really sad. So I was off school because it was a very upsetting time. And I remember... I was really upset and my mum was like, is there anything that'll make you feel better? And I was like, well, there's a new game that's come out. I want to just sink my time into it. There's a copy in CX. Could I just take some of my old games down, trade them in, get that, and then just bury myself in that and hide away from everything? And she was like, yeah. So we went down, we got Skyrim, and I remember getting it from CX and it still had all the menus, the manuals and everything in it, and it was fucking beautiful. With the Steelbook version as well. And it was just, I remember booting that game up and it was amazing. But no, I remember the days where games were like, like you said, like 40 quid. And that was only like 10 years ago. And now we're at a point where standard price for a game is 70 pounds. Now that's, inflation's just getting worse. I can see you sending Snapchats to your girlfriend. It's not very, I'm Facebook. Not very professional. (laughs) Oh, it's a podcast. They can't see me unless it's here. We got a job to you, bro. No, but um, yeah, like the price of games has gone up exponentially and inflation is getting worse exponentially still. And I do feel like we don't know when this game's coming out. We could be another three, four, five years off. Yeah, I doubt it. I reckon when they drop a trailer, it's normally within a couple of years of release. I reckon potentially we could see this next year. I would love to Let's see it be next honest. year. They, they've had 10 years to develop stuff. And in the last three, they've had major developments in like ray tracing and stuff like that. So, it's if I'm honest, I reckon that they're closer to finishing the game or having it in a releasable state a lot sooner than we are expecting. I reckon by the end of 2024, beginning of 2025 is when we'll get it. Yeah, it's interesting though. I, I'm I'm curious to keep an eye on it. Like I said, any any more news we get, we'll know. But like we're gonna have. Well, it's. I feel like it's going to be at the Game Awards. We're going to see it. I do feel like it's going to be at the Game Awards. And the Game Awards are. So let's see. So we've got. Oh, I've just closed all of my tabs by accident. I do a pop. I've not closed them. I've just minimized them. Give me one second. Just accidentally opened Photoshop. Um, <laughs> so the Game Awards are on the 7th. So we've got no pod next week. And then we've got a pod the week after. So by that point, the Game Awards should have oh. been. No, we might haven't. In, You're in uh, Birmingham. Might be, an in, might, might be an in-person pod. On the 8th and 9th? On the, uh, so the pod for then would be the 10th. Yes, but what you've, might... you've already done the Christmas do and gone on by then, won't you? I might not be going straight home. I might be coming back up north. Well, if, if that's the case, that's the case. We do an in-person pod. I'm game for it. We've got the room for it now. Yep. 
But we'll 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 see what happens. But yeah, if if we can't do it, we can't do it. If we can, we'll do it in person. Or if you're back home, we'll do it like we do do. But do <laughs> do. I was waiting for you to do that. Um, but by right. then we should have had the game awards, so we should be able to talk more about that. And we have got some game awards stuff coming up later, which we will discuss as well. So I'm not I'm not going to go too much into the game awards now. But going from one game that's up and coming to another game that's up and coming, another game that's coming on the week of the game awards. Funnily enough. Avatar. Literally the day before, isn't it? Either the day before or day of. Uh, December 7th, yeah. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, a game I have not stopped hearing about because my wife is obsessed. She just wants to be a blue person. It looks all right. But at the same time, it, it's just a Far Cry it, game. It does look good. But... I think we had a discussion about this and it is very controversial. And Huffle, I am terribly sorry for it's saying Sorry, right, she's not in chat. Say it quick. Avatar lost its way. The fact that we got Avatar back in like 2011 or 2012, it was a... An, no, wasn't it 2009? It was something um, stupid like that and it was like revolutionary for the yeah. For the, for the movies, and then we had to wait all this time for the next one to come out because the technology wasn't, like, advanced enough to provide the CGI graphics and stuff. The hype for Avatar, in my opinion, has... It was lost after just all that time that we were waiting. Yeah, well, this and is, this I is the thing, th- like I said to you, is I don't think Avatar's story was ever particularly good. It was very cookie cutter the thing that gave it its edge was the cgi aspect which at the time yeah. was unheard the CGI of blew it out of the water compared to anything else on the market at yeah. that time but now we live in a world where we have had cgi that's better for starters with better stories the uh kingsglaive movie for final fantasy fucking outstanding beautiful you know what the only the only thing from back in Avatar One Days in two thousand and nine that I would say come, came close to it was Final Fantasy VII Advent Child movie, I've fully seen CGI'd, it. and it is glorious. It is beautiful. Yeah, um, I do feel like other than the other than the CGI, it had nothing going for it. And then, like you said, we had to wait ten years for it, and now we we're in a place where the market it's not. I want to say it's saturated. There's not too many of them, but. There are so many more pure CGI offerings out there, and we've seen more that you can do with it. Love, Death, and Robots on um, Netflix. Perfect example. A lot of them episodes use that sort of CGI. My camera's fucked. It's frozen. It shouldn't be. I am looking at the camera, and I, I really hate my face right now. I really am hating it. Oh. Fixed it! But yeah, um, I do feel I do feel like now we're in a place where there's so many more offerings using the same sort of technology that do it better. It's not special anymore, and it's it's at the same time as well the fact that the second movie is basically an identical story. It's basically hi the the second story is the same as the first story, but they can swim now. That is literally it. And the like, so the first story wasn't even that good. Yeah, well, I do. Don't be think... wrong; it's a beautiful universe, but the story is like exactly like the story that we've seen in a lot of these other things. New element has been 
discovered. Yeah. Let's go try get it. Oh, there's people fighting us because they don't want us to have this new elephant. Oh, we got our asses handed to us. Or from the viewpoint of the other people, we fought these people off and they yeah. fucked off now. But what cra- what cracks me up though is the fact that and for anyone who's not watched, it's been out a while now. It's on Disney Plus. You can watch it just about anywhere. Stephen Lang's character comes back in a sense. I'm not going to say how, but he's kind of back. Whatever. It's so stupid. It doesn't make sense, and it just it reminds me of Poe in Star Wars. He goes somehow Palpatine has returned. I was just waiting for something to go somehow Stephen Lang has returned. I love Stephen Lang. He's a great villain, but fuck me. Jesus. Sorry, I've, re- I've really... I'd, I'm not allowed to slag off Avatar normally because she'll hurt me. She won't actually hurt me. She'll just stare at me and cry. But I do feel... Going from one thing that was great for its time but is now kind of mediocre to another. Last of Us. Now... Hey, this is all you, mate. This is all you because I've never played one or two yet i've not played two i'll be honest i've not played it so all the people slating it i can't join in i've heard from a lot of people it's crap i've heard of a, from a lot of people that it's not crap um last of us i don't think is as good as people say it is i'm not disputing it's a good game but when last of us one came out i'll admit the narrative offering that was there and the visuals it was given were outstanding. Yes, I'll give it that for its time. But we have had so many games that have done everything Last of Us does, but better since that it's no longer a masterpiece. It's just another game in a saturated sea of beige post-apocalyptic games. And yes, there are a lot of scenes where it's like, shit, fuck, that hits me in the heart. Like, if you've not played Last of Us One, it's only a minor spoiler because it's in literally the, the, the story of it. It's in, it's in the, the very, same, yeah, it's, it's in the incredible. first. It's in the first five minutes when Joel's daughter dies. Fuck me, that tear that makes me tear up every time. That is painful to watch, and it does the voice acting from the girl who plays the daughter amazing. The cinematography and the angles that they use amazing. The soundtrack amazing. I'm not going to lie, they do a lot of good things. Good, but when you're now in a market where a lot of other games are doing the same thing and they're amazing too. Suddenly everything stops being amazing and starts being standard. And that is the issue Last of Us suffers from. Now, and that's not to dispute that it, it isn't still a great game and you can still enjoy it. But I do feel like all these people saying Last of Us 2 is game of the year. Now, from what I've seen of Last of Us 2, the characters are generally unlikable. The gameplay is basically more of the same of the first but built upon and fair enough the gameplay has always been its strong point so fair enough but it's only mildly built upon from the first it's nothing mind-blowing the voice acting is good that's fine but apparently the story is very mediocre and shit and it turns characters that were a certain type of way in the first game polar opposite in the second game for example ellie's behavior and attitude towards everything kind of shifts stuff like that and the fact that obviously they get I'm, I don't give a fuck about spoilers for this one everyone knows this bit it's worst kept secret since Sam started dating my colleague um, um, the fact that Joel dies and he was just like don't get me wrong it's I'm not disputing it's a good game but there's so many things The Last of Us 2 does that falls short for a lot of fans that there's only so much that this, the good things can do to prop it up. And I feel like that's when you get a game that kind of sits at mediocrity. And I do feel like 
people who blatantly just and I'm not specifically targeting you Nate I have seen what you've seen in chat this isn't what I mean for you um, but you have these people who cannot it is impossible for them to find any sort of fault in it at all to them it is perfect 11 out of 10 zero issues with it Neil Druckmann can't do anything wrong you're wrong every game has faults every single game two of my favorite games both by cdpr witcher 3 and cyberpunk i love them games i will play them till the cows come home they will be my favorite games for a long ass time same with Baldur's gate 3 i love it to pieces it's probably my favorite game of all time now they have problems every game has problems you can you can look at strong points and weak points and still sit there and say a game is good or a game is bad and it's still, at the end of the day, it's your opinion. People all have different opinions. But anyone who just sits there and says a game's flawless and has no issues, th that's not an opinion. That's just mindless acceptance. But I, I can't have an opinion on any of The Last of Us games. I've only ever watched the TV show, and I want to play the games. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I, I, did, I agree with uh, Muffin. Half-Life 2 was perfect. Um... But The Last of Us, why are we getting more remasters? They, I don't it's understand. Only just come out a few days ago, a few years ago. So why are we getting more remasters for games as opposed to new games on the market? Give what? us. This is something that we brought up in a podcast it beforehand. Was, I was just about to say it's like a callback to a, a podcast we did before. Give us new games with new stories, with uh, new graphics and new pixels on our screen. Stop giving us the same game like, like, I hate to do it, but Skyrim. You've got Skyrim, then you've got Skyrim Special Edition, Legendary Edition, Collector's Edition, Anniversary Edition. You've got seven iterations of Skyrim. It's all the same game, just but, with slightly different pixels. But the thing is, as much as Skyrim does the same thing, at least Bethesda are giving us other things. Naughty Dog aren't. It's the same. No, Naughty Dog is literally <clears throat> preying on the cash cow of Last of Us. Yeah. With, and I reckon it's from the love of um, the TV show. I yeah. reckon that it's coming off the back of the hype of the TV show that they're like, oh, let's do it then, guys. We might have been having, we might have had this in the in the works beforehand. But why do we need remasters of games that are already looked quite nice because they only came out? But, but, the, but this, is, this is the thing, like Skyrim, it doesn't need as many additions as it does. But with a lot of the new additions that have come, it's been minor, but there have been tweaks made to the engine for optimization purposes. Because as we all know, Skyrim's engine has always been a little bit shit. Last of Us 1 and 2's engine ran perfect. That is one of the things that was perfect, is their engine was great. It was flawless. But... The difference is, is when Bethesda offers a new version of Skyrim, it's 20 quid. And I mean, I know the upgrade for Last of Us 2 is £10, but it, it, you don't need an update, update for Last of Us 2. They're sitting there, they're re-releasing the same games over and over and over again for with slightly better graphics because the graphics were already pretty spot on whilst they sat there with a PC port that's fucked and nobody's fucking trying to fix it. It's still not working right. 
it's better, but it's still not great. And they're sat there giving half-assed shit offerings to the PC players whilst spoon-feeding PlayStation gamers the same 10 hours of fucking content over and over and over again. And that is all Neil Druckmann does. And I'm sorry, great guy in terms of visionary for the industry. At least he was. But I feel he's run out of ideas. It was a one-pump wonder. He did it. Tried to sort of build off the back of that with two, and that's why it kind of sort of fell flat in areas because he didn't quite know where he was going with it, and now he's lost. One thing I will give him, Last of Us 2, Abby went from being the most unlikable bitch ever to being a redeemable character, whereas Ellie went from being the main character that everyone had her back to being an unredeemable bitch. Now... The best thing they can do with there, if they did do a Last of Us 3, which we might not see for another 10 years because we need to get another four copies of fucking Last of Us 1 and 2 out yet, is Tech Abby, separate her entirely from the rest of the universe and just fuck it off and start again, start anew with new areas, new creatures. That would be the thing they do. You go, can Sam. I just say, can we at least get a fixed Last of Us on PC before they do anything? Because if you're offering something to a specific group of people, and it falls completely on its ass because you've handed it off to a third party. Give a like, fix that before you start doing remasters of other things, so that it's got more exposure. I'm sorry, but yeah, give, fix the things that are broken, then make new things. But don't make new things thinking that they're new when it's just a remastered version. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. The the thing is, uh, Ellen in chat has just said. Uh, regarding Resident Evil 3. Yeah. That was shit as well. The fact the amount of cut content in that was fucking disgusting. Like, it's already made for you. It's not like you need to write a new story. It's already there. All you need to do. And half the time, it's in levels that have already been built because you backtrack a lot in them games. There's no reason to cut that content. They just do it because they're lazy. And I'm not going to dispute that. Like, I do feel like there's a lot of... Capcom cut a lot of fucking corners. I ain't going to lie. But then, a lot of remasters do. Like we've just discussed, Rockstar, their remasters, dog shit. The trilogy that we got was that was a part of a part of a part that was outsourced. Abysmal. The Red Dead part for PlayStation 5. A cash cow and fucking extortionate and ridiculous and almost laughable. Actually, no, it is laughable. You've got The Last of Us that... remastering games that don't need remasters all while giving a half-assed pot that still doesn't fucking run to PC players and you've got Capcom who are remastering the games and cutting content you've even got who the fuck is it is it Square Enix who make Final Fantasy remastering Final Fantasy 7 but only giving us half the fucking game and making us wait years for the second half of it the fuck's that oh yeah for Final Fantasy 7 remaster don't get me wrong the remaster Outstanding, but where the fuck's the rest of it? There's so many companies that have run out of fucking ideas. So instead of actually making something new and pulling the things out their ass and actually trying, they're just using old content but partitioning it and drip feeding it to people. And it's such an awful fucking practice. And it, it needs to stop. It does. It's just, it's so, 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 so bad. But it's just, especially, like, that's the thing that pisses me most off about Last of Us, is the fact that they're doing, like, I'll give them this. In the upgrade, we get the Lost Levels mod, which is just the same levels with different, and it's just a randomizer mod. Yeah, basically. It's just a randomizer mod, they're like, yeah, cool. 
Like they they they, they saw the nuzlocks of Pokemon and thought yeah. that would be cool for our game. Yeah, it's such an unoriginal idea. I'm pretty sure Resi's done shit like that before as well. Yeah, which they're not even the first in their genre to do it. But I'll give them it. Yeah. It is new content, but. It adds extra stuff to it, but, but still. The, but the, the nice thing, the way that Resi does it, is when they give you different characters, the different characters have different skill sets and weapons. I don't know if they do with this. I don't know if it's just a change of a character model and they'll put a random enemy in. I don't know. I don't know how it works, so I can't really comment on that for pros or cons. I'm gonna. I'm just going to say, at least they've added something new. I'll give them that. It's unoriginal, but it's more content. Yeah. I'll give them that. I, yeah. But... I think we could continue going on about it for quite some time. I, I have it's, I have it, a lot of opinions about this, and it does piss a lot of PlayStation fans off. <laughs> the thing is, though, the PlayStation fans need to hear it, because the PlayStation fans are the people that keep going, like, oh, PlayStation, we're the kings of single-player. Yes, you're the kings of single-player, because you keep giving us the same fucking single-player single player games game. over and over and over and over and over. But, like, for anyone who's going to sit there and say, oh... Yorkie just doesn't like Sony because he's an Xbox boy and can't play Spider-Man. I have a fucking PlayStation! I can play all these games! I already have, I just don't want to fucking play them seven times! He said he was 12. He said he was 12. She's really ruined my Christmas games list. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's move on from angry to something a yeah. little bit more light-hearted. Development of the live-action Legend of Zelda is going to start. And I don't know if it's going to be a Western... I know, obviously, the people from Nintendo are involved. Is it going to be a Western production? Is it going to be a... Is it going to be a Japanese production? Like, Because I saw rumours a while back that Tom Holland was going to play Link, and if that happens, I'm walking into the sea with stones in my pockets. Uh, do you want to see something that came out a week ago, mate? Or hear what uh some, what came out. Machine Gun Kelly wants to play Link in the Zelda. Machine Gun Kelly can't even play himself. Yeah. Apparently, he's he's changed his name to just Kelly now because Machine Gun's bad. Like, honestly, I don't know who I would want to see play Link, but I don't want Tom on. Too old, unfortunately, but. Had he been younger, like maybe like sort of night manager days, maybe I could have yeah. seen it. But yeah, I, li- I like Tom Holland as an actor, but he's a bit like Daisy Ridley. The good actors are nice people, but for some reason, everything they touch is shit. The only thing he's done which isn't shit is Spider Man. And I don't know if that's just because I love Spider Man that much, I'm blind to it, and they are actually bad movies, which could quite easily be what's happening here but they both suffer from this thing like every single movie they release fucking flops but I do feel like some of that with Tom Holland is down to the fact that he said he was struggling with alcohol abuse and I feel like now he's sober he might get better again but yeah. I, I don't know he's a, chi- he's a like child he's, he's, McCall- he's, he's kind of going in the same and way McCall, as Macaulay yeah. Culkin but he's got help a lot sooner yeah he's addressed he's addressed he could it be yeah. I am looking forward to it. I will be honest, I've not played any Zelda games. Will Smith for Zelda. Keep Ganon's name, name out your fucking mouth. 
That means I need you to gotta... play the Zelda games. I've never played one. I literally booted up when I had a Switch. I booted up um, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and I think I played about five seconds of it and put it down. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who would actually be a good. Because um... you don't want to go too young, but you don't want to go too old. I reckon we get the kid that was in Adam Project. Adam, would he be too young, though? He, he might be too young, but he's... How, how old is he now? Someone will try and probably do Finn Wolfhard because they're obsessed with him at the minute. I don't reckon that would be... A good choice, though. Ooh, someone's recommended Thomas Brody Sangster. Not the one who, the who looks. He's the one who looks really young, but he's he's actually not. He was in like Maze Runner and Game of Thrones. He's in that new Artful Dodger movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad shout. I do like him, but if you're going out enough for maybe in a more older link. Taron Edgerton wouldn't be a bad shout. But I don't know. And, but that might just because I have a massive man crush on Taron Edgerton. It's just him carving through Ganon's troops just singing Elton John. I'm still standing, Bill, and I ever did. <laughs> Looking like a true survivor, feeling like a little link. I'm still standing after Ganon time. Ganon time sounds too much like Gammon time, which sounds like a sex thing. But yeah, <laughs> so we don't know anything about this. It's, it's only going to be a quick topic. We kind of just got distracted, but that is coming. Um, Tom, it's good. They just need to do the correct casting for it. Yeah, Chris just Pratt. Just not Tom Holland or Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt's in everything. I just think as long as they bring back Matt Mercer to voice Ganon, Yes, 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 yes. yes, obviously yes. I'm sorry, but I'm a, I'm a fanboy of Matt Mercer in anything because he's the uh, Oratrice Dominal. Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow as Zelda. It's just like he's hiding as Zelda in Royal A. <laughs> you know what? I'd pay to see that. I think I, I think we all would. Well, considering Link in the um, like Breath of the Wild games and the uh, other one, Tears of the Kingdom game, is basically just a, psycho, a psychopathic murder hobo. Might as well just get Amber Heard to play him. I mean, she's not doing anything else these days, is she? Nah, she's not really busy. Nah. How was that command to? Right. But yeah, so, yeah. now. <laughs> there's Witcher Slander. And anyone who knows me knows I don't, I don't, I don't take Witcher slander. But it's Netflix, so we can take this piss out of that, because that ain't Witcher. Um, now, before we start with this one, I I've always said, I've always said, I like the Witcher Netflix show, but I do not like it as a Witcher show. I like it as a generic fantasy show. Like Rings of Power. Like Rings of Power. Like Wheel of Time, all them sort of ones. Uh, Andrzej Szepkowski has come out and said that he tried to consolidate with um, 
Netflix, and they never listened to his feedback. They just disregarded you know. everything he said, which, you know, pretty fucking obvious that they didn't listen to him by the amount of mistakes they made. But, hey. And it's like, what, why would you turn down any advice or pointers from the man that fucking wrote the books? Yeah. Well, he, people have kind of misconstrued this because people have also said that off the back of this, that he said that he doesn't like the games either. Now, that is not strictly true. The games he likes, he thinks, he thinks what they've done with his world's amazing, but he doesn't class the video games as canon. The games take place after his books, he's in, and it's a completely different form of medium. So to him, they are a completely separate entity. He's not bothered about the video game universe. He's happy that his he's, he's story's out there and his characters are out there and people are getting to love them and that the game's successful and people are making bank off it and he's fucking making bank off it. But he couldn't give a shit about the games in the grand scheme of things. He does. He, he's not a gamer. It's a different form of media as far as he's concerned, which, it, which is, is a good way to look at it, to be fair. It is, but it's also okay. He was the guy that created the building blocks. Yeah, and other he people... Created, he pay, he placed thing. the first brick, and then the CD project came out and were like, yeah, we're going to do it, and they made a masterpiece. Yeah. And then that Netflix was going to have that brick, but the brick wasn't an actual brick. It was like this plant-based, meant to be good for the world, but actually kills penguins. But I feel brick. like the, dif- the difference in mentality between... CD Projekt Red making the games and Netflix making the show is CD Projekt Red took a world that already existed, left that as it was set in stone and then extended the story further in their own eyes in a way that could be considered canon or not canon. Netflix were adapting the fucking books. The story they're telling was already written for them and they butchered it. They butchered characters, motivations, they killed off fucking... Uh, Eskel still not happy about that what the fuck's that about Vesemir's pretty much an arsehole they've they tried to turn Siri into a witcher which is very fucking common knowledge in the books that females cannot become witchers because the like the body is not built for it they die yet Vesemir's just like eh fuck it it's Sunday we can do what we want Yennefer went to fucking Kaer That never happened. She tried to sell Siri to a witch. That never happened. There's so much bullshit that just doesn't work. Rience, they butchered that guy. He was supposed to be cool. Instead, he was just like a little pervy salad fingers looking motherfucker who liked fire. But yeah, sorry. Oh, the feeling of spoons on my salad fingers. It's a most orgasmic. Hello, Yaskia Cumberdale. But yeah, um, so he tried He tried to liaise with them on that one and sort of point them in the right direction for the show. And they were like, get fucked, feminism. And that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they butchered that. So he's not happy. He's turned around and basically said that, but this is the thing, the fact that he's gone from season one where they did stick so closely to the books, and he said... And it was a great season. And it was I great. I loved season one. And Andre came out and he did say to Henry Cavill, you are Geralt of Rivia. Some of the highest yeah. fucking praise you can get. And it went from that to this. With 
him not in the with Cavill not in the role anymore. Hemsworth taking over. Andre distancing himself from Netflix and saying, I have nothing to do with this. They won't listen to me. They're just fucking butchering my media. And Netflix villainizing themselves and then writing Blood Origins, which completely changes the lore and foundations of the entire fucking world. And then expects us to like that fucking Black Rose song because that woman, because it's a, that fucking bard sings it. And I'm just like, no, it's shit. You know, you ask you. But yeah, they're like, oh, we've got another bard, so we've got to have them sing a popular song. And then it's like, they must have fired the dude who wrote Toss Crunchy Witcher must have been on holiday that day because whoever wrote that one was really fucking sad. I'm pretty sure the song I made Jeb sing on Baldur's Gate 3 yesterday was fucking catchier than that Black Rose song. Yeah. And it was about Felix getting a to-go Chinese noodle box. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was beautiful. It was kind of class, but yeah. Um, so that that's Witcher in a nutshell. He's uh, yeah, Andrew's distancing himself. I I can't see this seven season plan happening. I do feel like it's gonna it's gonna drift off really soon. I said happening, then nothing came out. He just went happening. But yeah, I can't see it actually going anywhere. I think I think the show is just about dead in the water at this point. I'm gonna keep watching it. I am gonna give Hemsworth a chance. But I think you have to give him a chance, but at the same time, don't hold hope out. Yeah, as the resident Witcher encyclopedia, I am going to give him his fair chance. And I'm not going to give him his chance in terms of the show for the next season, because I know the show is already differentiating and it's probably not going to be the Witcher show I want. I'm going to give him a chance as the individual in that role. And by the end, I'm going to give him the whole season. And if by the end of the season, it's shit, which I have a sneak suspicion it's going to be, but I'm going to give him a fair chance. I, I, I'll happily hold my hands up if I'm wrong and it's good. I'll be like, you know what? He actually fucking surpassed all expectations. Good on the guy. Because I'll be honest, before he got cast as Geralt of Rivia, I didn't particularly like Henry Cavill. So... I did, but... I didn't know much about him. I'd only ever known him as Superman. I don't. I don't particularly like Superman. So I just. I, I just like him as a Warhammer nut. See, yeah, but when, for me, when he, Warcraft. Yeah, when he got into Witcher and then he started explaining why he got Witcher because he was so passionate about it because he loves it, and then he explained like all the other nerdy stuff he's into and his gaming PCs and his Warhammer and shit like that. That's when I when I actually took the time to learn more about him. That's what changed my opinion of him, and I've, I'm hoping that something similar happens with Hemsworth. Not that I don't like Hemsworth, he's alright, but he's, he's the less popular he's of the no two Chris, brothers. He's, he's no, no Chris. He's always going to be in Chris's shadow, and I'm hope part of me wants him to be good in this role to get him out of Chris's shadow. I don't Which think... it's going to be very difficult. Uh, actually, he's got a chance now with Chris, Chris stepping away. Step yeah, back. He's got a chance to actually like be himself, and I'm hoping for that it, it is good for him and for his career because if he, if he nails it, it'll do wonders for his career. But I'm, I'm not optimistic. But like I said, I'll hold my hands up if I'm wrong. and We'll see what happens. But going from one thing that is not really optimistic but could be wrong to being very pessimistic about it and being wrong. Hogwarts Legacy actually finally came out on Switch. And it's not terrible. That's blown my mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. You've seen the gameplay as well, haven't you, Sam? Yeah. It doesn't look great. 
But that's when you sit there and you compare it to the PS5 and Xbox Series X versions. It's not going to look yeah. great. But you for... compare it to something with ray tracing and like max graphics or a PC game. Yeah. It looks right. But to sample but... As, a, as a portable game, it looks all to right. To be able to be a wizard on the go without the need to spend 500 quid on a Steam Deck, you can get a small Switch Lite. Yeah, and it runs eighty quid for a console, and then but what forty, fifty quid for the game? Yeah, as opposed to having to spend five hundred quid for the PlayStation, sixty quid for Hogwarts Legacy, and then the TV to go with it. Yeah, you've got just like the console to play it in your hands straight away. I'm I'm happy for it, and you know what? Yeah, I have been really umming and ahhing what I'm going to do when I get paid. Um, this month, and I reckon I will get myself a uh, a switch for travel because I'm going to be up and down. From you, the yeah, you're going to be traveling a lot, yeah, a very uh, a lot. So having a switch or something there is going to be beneficial, some entertainment for me. Yeah. Only thing I'd say is if you can get a copy of this, if you don't want to play it, try and get a second hand copy so none of the money goes to the fucking witch that wrote it. But. To... I'll get it from CEX or something. Yeah, get a second, get a second answer. None of the money goes to where fucker. But yeah, like, like I, I, I got the game on Xbox. I'm not like I've always said that I don't agree at all with what the author did. I ain't even fucking naming her. She doesn't deserve to be named. She's evil and she needs to die alone. But I grew up on Harry Potter. I love the media. Don't like the creator, but love the media. Um. My wife's a big fan of it too. So we were going to end up getting this game no matter what. I wasn't that bothered about it, to be fair, when it came out. But we got it, and I you ended fell up... fell into a hole. I fell into a hole with it. It was surprising. Like, dog, it, it was one of these games. It didn't really do anything amazing. But it did. It didn't do any... It didn't really do anything bad either. It did everything kind of good. Like, hats off to the devs, considering this is the first proper AAA thing they'd made that wasn't like a little shitty portable DS Disney tie-in game. The devs did really fucking well. And I'll give them yeah. that. And the fact for them that even they distanced themselves from the author and they even they said that this is more a passion project for us because we grew up with Harry Potter and it was such an important, integral part of our childhoods. Like, they, they came at it from an angle the same way that I did as a player, which is, fuck that bitch. I want to be a wizard because it's all I fantasised about as a kid. And... It, it was so, like Hogwarts looked beautiful. The world outside, yes, it was bland, but it was only really there to fly over. Because the broom stuff was kind of fun. Um, the combat felt almost Dark Soulsy, which I quite I quite liked. Um, like the the game was good, and like I said, like I, said I fell down the hole in it. My only issue was it was one of them that it it offered enough to fall down the hole. However. Once you sort of got out of that hall and went and did something else, there wasn't enough there to pull you back. However, I do feel like having it as a portable sampling on Switch, where it's something you could take on the move with you and just pick up and go and put it down, where you're not having to the sit down. There you go. The thing is, the Switch is there for cozy, comfy games. Yeah. But they've now added a AAA title. And I will class Hogwarts Legacy as a AAA title that you can play on the move, pick up whenever you want, 
put it in your bag and not have to worry about it but when you're next doing something on the on the on the move traveling whatever or you just you're in bed and you just want to play something but not yeah. something cozy like stardew that you've played for the 18th time or you're on your 17th island on animal crossing you can be a wizard you can live you, you could play the game while watching the movie but I- it's, it's great I do feel like Switch is getting good for that. Like, there's, there's not a lot of them, but you have got stuff like your big fantasy games out. There's a lot on Switch. You've got two big Zelda games that you can immerse yourselves in and go adventure. You've got fucking one of the thousand editions of Skyrim on there. You've got Witcher on there. You've got this on there. There's so many things that you can delve into. Like Mila said, they've got the Steam Deck, and Steam Deck is a far more superior product. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, the Switch is also a more affordable platform for the more casual the fact- gamer, which is what is nice, is that there is this variety out there now for portable gaming, which is good, as opposed to there just being like one dominant feature, a one dominant platform, and then everything else you- kind of being left in the dirt. Yeah, you've got to kind of look at it in two different lights. The Switch is a family, kid-friendly console that can be used both by single player or multiplayer. You've got Steam Deck for the adults. The Steam Deck is the switch of the adult world because you can play the big AAA titles like Doom or Wolfenstein, Witcher, anything. And then you've got the Asus ROG, which is the Steam Deck for people that like RGB. (laughs) Yeah, pretty pretty much. (laughs) Apart from the fact that it's just Windows 10 and not Steam OS. Yeah. There's no difference there. You can still, with some jiggery pokery, get Do your everything you can on the Steam Deck, yeah. or Warcraft, or Game Pass on your Steam Deck. Yeah, and it's and you've got Steam built in, which is far better than having just Windows and then you're yeah. just installing apps. But the main, I, I feel like the main separation in it is the fact that with um, stuff like your Steam Deck and your Asus ROG, there is jiggery pokery there to get things working. Whereas with a Switch, it's every game you're getting for Switch is made for the Switch. It will run on the Switch. You don't have to do anything. You put the game in and go. And I do feel like that's why I view that as the more casual gamer offering of the two, because a casual gamer isn't going to know the first thing about setting up a Steam Deck, setting up an Asus ROG, anything like that. Whereas a Switch is literally you turn it on, you put your name in, you click go and you're good. which um, I like it it's quick switching and the fact is when you're done with it you just pop it back in your your dock Yeah, and you forget about it and then you're like oh I fancy going back on like at the moment I want to play Animal Crossing I want to create my new island and I want to go island hopping and I want to do everything from start to finish and play the Pokemon games I want to play the Pokemon games from start to finish again and like catch all the cool Pokemons and stuff yeah. Like, I never played Arceus. I never played Leg- um, Sword and Shield. I've got them all, and I want to play them. So it's a yeah. no-bla- no-brainer, really. So but... I've never really been a, a Pokemon player. Never really oh, had any reason to sort of look at Pokemon. However, I have had some reasons to look at Pokemon. Fucking transition there, man. The fucking transition there. I love it. I love you. I love you too. Let's fuck. Um, yes. So we've got two creators giving you um, edible samplings. The first being Pokemon, who has released a minor cookie. Uh, not to be confused with minor cookies, which are um, K 
kids baked in an oven. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, basically, it's like four cookies for twenty two dollars, and they're only small cookies like that big. And basically, when someone said they ain't paying, um. $22 for four tiny cookies. She called them broke. Which is bad enough. However, what makes it worse is the company that make um, Pokemane's cookies also make another brand of cookies which are identical to her cookies and but at a normal retail price. You are literally paying just because they're her cookies. Uh, and yeah, she's calling people broke for it because she's a shitbag. Opinions? Um, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's, wrong Is that it? to, <laughs> it's really wrong for them to just call people out. It goes back to the GTA thing. It's like you're offering a project, a product for twenty eight dollars, which is that's four bags, so four packs. That's twenty eight dollars, and it's seven dollars a pack. That's oh, a, is it seven dollars a pack? I, I, I thought it was twenty-two dollars for one pack of four cookies. No, no. So you've got twenty-eight dollars is four packs of these cookies. Bear in mind that each pack is one hundred and fourteen grams, so it's not the biggest of packs. But seven dollars a pack for a premium cookie, it's okay. But the fact that you compare that compared to the, I don't know about the other pack of cookies that aren't. Uh, um. Trying to, I'm looking at the article to see if I can find it. I can't remember, but I read it the other day that the people that make her cookies also make um, an identical brand of cookie, a normal price. Um, I don't know about you guys, but Hobnob, I fucking love a Hobnob. But everyone's describing her cookies like everyone's describing her cookies as just Oreos, but shit. They don't look advertising. They don't look appealing, in my opinion. They might be good for people that want to have it, but I think it's kind of... Yeah. Okay, so the 6... 6.30 is only if you... subscribe. Yeah, but what you got to bear in mind is these will be an American supplier as well, so if we wanted to get any here, we'd be paying import costs. Ah. Oh, exactly. We're, we're a bit fucked over here. Is it bad that she was calling people brokies because they weren't wanting to spend twenty eight dollars? Yes. yes, but if is it the fact that they got called that because they were stupid enough to think that it was twenty eight dollars for one t- one small bag of cookies? Possibly. But then again, she could call me broke because I am I fuck paying like seven pound plus import $7. tax for for eight fucking cookies or however many fucking twelve cookies or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know either. When you can spend a quid and get a pack of Oreos from the shop that have like 20 in it. Or you can just go for a far superior one and just go to the shops. Yeah, white chocolate digestives. White chocolate digestives. Um, You've got a problem. Yeah, she, she, she is a twat for turning around and saying that people are brokies because they're not wanting to fork out all this money for the cookies. But... The one, that, the one that thing, if, if you're going to make a premium cookie and you're going to charge a premium price, make it original and don't basically make it a shit version of something that's already out there. The fact that it's just a shit version of an Oreo. People are just going to buy Oreos. 
This will date its yep. death. To, it's like when um, uh, Jacksepticeye started making coffee. Yeah, it's premium coffee. It's a little bit more expensive, but you know why? Because it's fucking good coffee. He went out to market, looked at flavour profiles and blends that people hadn't really done yet and thought, or they had done but not very well, and thought, how can I do this but make it good? You've, and that's what he did. That's the thing. You've got two two types of people. You've got people that are offered a branding deal, which they're only being used for their face and their audience. And then you've got people that are creating a product that either tastes nice or looks nice. Like, Pokimane is, in my opinion, she is being used as the poster child for this cookie brand now. Yeah. Just because she is Pokimane, because she is that person that's been on twitch and she's got this massive audience yeah versus people that are out there like a yorkshire bother that is doing merch that well this is i was I was, I was literally in. just about to compare it to my merch store he's like yes my hoodies do class themselves as a premium price because of production for small streamers it has to be but i get no profit off of these because Bigger streamers or people who can pay professional artists to do their stuff, they charge about £80 for a hoodie. I charge around 45 You know why? Because I acknowledge that, yes, my hoodies are all right, and they are a premium hoodie. However, they are not the best, so I'm not going to charge the same that people do for premium hoodies. It's not right. I know that my, my merch isn't the best merch out there. I know you can find better stuff anywhere else. So I'm not going to sit there and charge it like it is the best thing. And for anyone who can see it on the podcast, that is our Halloween merch. That is one of the best pieces of merch I've done. But again, I don't. I try not to charge as premium of a price as some people do because I know that you can probably find cooler merch somewhere else. So the fact that she's choosing to do this and then it's like the judgment isn't falling on her, it's falling on her audience. Is so yeah. backwards when the only reason she can afford to do any of this shit is because of them. It's not like me when I go work a full-time job and then come here and do this as a hobby and hardly earn any money. And then I sit there and say, ah, well, some of the people are dickheads, but it's all right. You know, I don't rely on them and there are some dickheads. But on the whole, if it got to a point where I would sit there and it was purely my audience... I'd like to clarify, none of the dickheads or anyone in chat. These are people who have completely fucking ghosted Except from life. And Sam knows exactly the people I'm talking about because he is one. Yeah. Um, no, but you know exactly. You, <laughs> you, you know exactly who I'm talking about. I, I know the circumstances and everything that's yeah. gone into it. But it's yeah, not, it's no, not you guys. I love you guys. But it's not you. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. It's my tennis. Um No, but this is the thing. It's like when you get to a point where you are relying on your audience for your income like she is you don't slag them off that's like me the looking at my is, wager going uh, looking at my uh, hr department going you're all cunts and i don't want anything off you because you're fucking losers and then they don't pay me and i'm like but why it doesn't yeah. it's so it, shit the fact is for smaller people like you and i we're realists we don't <laughs> rely on these well i say streamers i don't fucking stream you you stream for a hobby and if you make any money from it it's great but you do it because you love it and you put you've got the passion and the energy and everything to do it you were trying not to go into the song then weren't you more passion more More passion passion, more more energy energy, more energy that's all i could see in your head you were like don't do it sam don't don't be suspicious don't be suspicious um the thing is these new these big streamers they have lost their way 
they 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 are not normal people anymore. They are the A list celebrities of the Twitch world, and they've just lost all yeah. semblance of normality. Whereas yeah. you've got people like us, which we're yeah. humble, or at least we it's try like, to be. There's got to be some. Yeah, there's got to like, be some sense of narcissism because there's got to be some sense of narcissism to anything. Otherwise, you would never do anything. But, exactly. But the thing is, you've made merch not for a profit. Most people out there have made it because they want to sell a few hoodies and get 40 quid for a hoodie that they've sold. Yeah. You've done it. You've put in the time and effort to not hire someone, but to make it yourself. To then go through the, uh, where do I put it? Where do I place it? Then, oh, because I want people to have a good time of it. Here's a discount code like you did for the ha- Halloween. Yeah. Because you want people to just wear your merch, not because you're a narcissist and you want to see your name everywhere, because you've made something and it looks cool. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it does perk me up. Like when I saw you wearing my hoodie, I was like, I made that. That's my shit. That, that, it is an ego boost, but sometimes I feel like you need an ego boost, especially with how demeaning a lot of this can be and the, the slow, slow and low returns of it. Sometimes you need that, and I'm not going to lie, that is part and parcel of it. And like when people send me pictures of them wearing my merch, I'm like, that is fucking sick. That I've got people, I've got people in Europe, I've got people in America, I've got people in Australia wearing my merch. And I'm just, I'm just a 25 year old overweight dad from fucking Leeds. It's insane. And yeah, you do, you do do it as a perk, but I'm, I'd, I'd never do it in a way that I think I am better than people, so they must pay me premium prices because that's not what I, that's not what I want to be. But I do feel like we live in a society where so many people we live in a participation trophy society, which is why there's so many influencers now that aren't really big, aren't really special, aren't really famous, but. Have got so on their fucking high horse about it that they think they're untouchable. The perfect example is fucking Elphaba on TikTok, who thought they deserved the top spot on TikTok, so had her community mass report the people above her so she could get to the top of the fucking the TikTok thing. She sits there and lies about having alopecia and ADHD and steals money that's supposed to donate to charity and has Tourette's and says she has cancer, colours in um, her fingernails with felt tip and says she has kidney failure, even though you can see that she's also got yellow felt tip on her pillow, as your pillow got kidney failure too, you fucking dickhead. But such an awful human being, the fact that you've got people like that out there who think that just because they've got a couple like losers who sit and listen to them, that they're fucking special. Loads of losers who come and listen to me. You know what? I ain't fucking special. We're at over a hundred listeners on our podcast, and this isn't plays. This is listeners. Over a hundred people tune in to listen to us chat shit on a Sunday morning, and that's insane to me. Am I special? Maybe yes. to someone in a white coat, but in the grand scheme of society, <laughs> no. Like you know what I mean? <clears throat> it's I just like it's so fucking stupid. And but people just are getting away with more and more for doing less and less. And it's such a, like, this is why shit like this happens. Like, if you're going to make some merch, at least put some blood, sweat, and tears into it. Am I right, Sam? And if you don't have any of them fluids available, how about some um, fanny juice? I'm glad I said that. Uh, yeah. 
good transition again. <laughs> it wasn't. It was psychotic. Me and Sam are gonna buy some of this and drink it on stream, so you guys don't have to. Um, I can't really slag off Prime Muffin. I'll show you why. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that I've got a bottle of Prime. I mean, it's got water in it now, but I had a bottle of Prime. I was curious. I was like, why the fuck do they have to lock it all up like it's whiskey? But anyways, yes. Um, me and Sam are going to get a bottle of this um, each to try it on stream for you guys, obviously. Price depending. Um, oh my god, I've just seen that she previously flogged her old bathwater and her farts in a jar for one grand a pop. Maybe we can't afford this beer, Sam. Um, we're going to have to use the revenue from the, from the podcast, I think. We don't get any revenue from the podcast. <laughs> Looks like I'm taking out a small business loan. We'll, we'll sell the house that you're in when you move. Sean, what? I think we're going to have to do it. I think we're going to have to sell our cum so that we can have her cummy beer. Depending on how expensive it is, we might have to go halves on it, get one bottle and shot it. <clears throat> might do shots. Okay. Well, yeah. Um... Caitlin uh, Siragusa, also known to, um, widely known to more people as uh, Amaranth, uh, a Twitch streamer and OnlyFans star, is making um, beer using her own vaginal bacterial yeast. Um, you're probably thinking, my God, that's disgusting. And you would be right. Turns out there is a whole website for it called Yoni. She's not the only one that does it. And I love how it's compared it to Brewdog, which makes sense because Brewdog is fucking minging. But yeah, so she's she, she's turning a vaginal yeast into uh, beer. It's not out yet, um, but the process is here. And this is going to sound disgusting. So if you're a bit squeamish, I'd maybe just turn this down for the next 10 seconds. The uh, gynecologist collects a vaginal smear from the models. The beer manufacturer's website explains these smears are taken to a laboratory where bacteria are isolated, cleaned, and analyzed and multiplied. At the end of the process, the bacteria are used to produce the pure lactic acid that goes into the beer. She's making fanny beer. So me and Sam have decided we're going to get a bottle of it. I'm going to drink it live for you guys. And you know what the weird thing is, though? I do have a feeling that it's going to be one of these where we're gipping before we've even tasted it, and then we're going to drink it, and we're just going to be like, it just tastes like beer. Honestly, it's, it, it will literally taste like a Bud or a Bud Light or something. Mate, for the price... For the price, mate. it's going to be best taste better than fucking Bud Light. <laughs> There's a reason the Americans with the shit-drinking culture drink that. <laughs> I want to see vaginal yeast whiskey. Or rum. I'll give, them a, I'll give them a prostate smear whiskey if they want. We'll start that going. Or do you reckon a spiced rum would be better for anus? What do you reckon? Spiced rum. Spiced uh, Anal spiced rum. At least she got the sweet, the, the sweet like marzipan taste. Yeah, and then what we can do is we can uh, we can do seasonal flavors. So like in the winter when it's a bit cold and you want a, 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 a like a warming up flavor, I'll eat a vindaloo the day before. 
But then say you want like a really fresh, light, sort of airy taste for the summer, I'll eat a Caesar salad. And if you just want to be revolting, we'll get Slynn to eat some cheese. Because he's lactose intolerant, isn't he? Um, so yeah. I don't know how I feel about this conversation and where we've taken... It's kind the, of revolting! Yeah. But, uh, yeah, hey, at least we've got the fucking snippet for the opening now, haven't we? Anal rum. <laughs> oh, yeah. if, if it depends, if Pan Am makes me eat dog food, then maybe the anal rum will taste like that. Um, but like, like, we're not going to hover over this one because I feel like it goes against a lot of TOS for everywhere. Um, so we're going to move on to something a bit more interesting and a bit more fun. And we're going to do some predictions. Sam, game of the year this year. What are we thinking? Oh. Now, I haven't played any, but any of these games but one. I've not played Spider-Man 2. I've not played Alan Wake. I've not played Red Can I just interject and just read out Mila's comment from chat, which is, I don't know about anal rum, but I'll go for some coochie kombucha. (laughs) (laughs) John, make it a sticker. Make it a sticker or something. Oh, coochie kombucha is going to be the next merch. (laughs) Um, So yeah, yeah. back back to the Game Awards, yeah. <laughs> so for I... anyone listening who can't see what we've got on screen, so the uh, the nominations are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to say Baldur's Gate 3 from someone that it doesn't do, hasn't ever done Dungeons and Dragons ever. Yeah. It's a game that I was worried to go into, like, am I going to like this? And it was a breath of fresh air now i am very biased because i've not played any of the other games but from what i've seen spider-man is just spider-man one and spider-man miles morales put together yeah. with enemies it's a good game not going to shoot it down for that yeah Alan... resi 4 is my favorite resi game well, it's, a remaster. it's a remaster of it i feel like remaster means it shouldn't be there yeah zelda <laughs> not played it mario not played Zelda, it zelda and mario have Wake. always been more niche titles though haven't they because they're exactly. limited to only nintendo yeah so my top two would be alan wake and boulder skate but because the, the sheer fact that i played boulder skate and it's ignited a love for D and wanting to do a D campaign irl yeah i'm gonna say boulder skate 3 is gonna win yeah, well, the thing is, it's, it's one of them where the Alan Wake games, any sort of remedy game like that, Control, Quantum Break, stuff like that, they've all they've always been good, but they've all kind of sort of been good for a bit and then died the death. I don't think they're really going to stick around, so I don't think Alan Wake 2's got it. Like you said, Spider-Man 2 is just a merger of the other ones. Looks good, and I cannot wait to play it. Do not get me wrong, yeah. but... Is it enough to push it ahead? Resi 4, remaster, I don't think it should be up there. And then Mario Bros. Wonder and Legend of Zelda. I've never played a Zelda game or a Mario game, so I can't say really, I can't really judge them. But they do look just like more of the same of the last ones. Now, I know Zelda was very popular at the last Game Awards, but looking at the game specifically to how many votes, how many nominations have got in other categories, Baldur's Gate 3 is already dominating all the categories. 
which every single category has Baldur's Gate in it. Yeah, which and we've already seen people like the voice actors for Baldur's Gate already winning. Yeah, awards like Neil Newborn for yeah. their parts in it. Like I do feel like just looking at it from that perspective, Baldur's Gate Three is already very much ahead of the competition, and I do feel like that's going to give it the winning edge. Here, I would like to see it win because, like I said, it's become one of my favorite games. I'm completely mind blown by it. And considering when that was coming, I wasn't that excited about it. Um, when that was coming, that was coming obviously the same day as um, Starfield was. Yeah. And I remember talking to Chloe, and Chloe was excited for Baldur's Gate. I was excited for Starfield, and I thought Starfield was going to be my game of the year. The next big. And I played it, and I was like, it's all right. Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the game when I played it, but once I beat it, I didn't want to go back to it. Whereas then I picked up Baldur's Gate again, and I'm in love, and I've got... Like, actually, we were joking about how many playthroughs I've got earlier, but I've got an, I've got an evil Dark Urge playthrough where I'm trying to be good. I've got my normal playthrough. I've got um, a normal playthrough on PC as well, and then a modded playthrough on PC. I've got four, four playthroughs on the go, plus now the fifth one, which is the Dark Urge Evil one, which I started for stream yesterday. Yeah. Like to not only it's not only replayable, but the fact that I can play multiple game, multiple campaigns on it, and doing the same thing in close proximity to the whenever other times I've done it that many times over without it feeling stale and without me thinking I can't be arsed with this, that's got to be a reflection of the quality of the game as a whole. For sure. But so yeah, so we're reckoning Baldur's Gate game three of the though. Year. Yeah, Baldur's Baldur's Gate for game of the year. Want to put some money on it? Like my VR headset. We're both, we're, we're, how are we going to put money on it for the sheer fact that we're both going to be voting for Baldur's Gate? <gasps> the wash pot's boiled! Sorry. <laughs> oh, fuck. You owe me money! <laughs> what's that, what's that? I need to check it's coming today first. So I bought a VR headset. It's in. It, we, me and Sam had money on it. He thought it was going to come one day. I thought it was going to come today. So we put a tenner on it, and it looked like it was going to come yesterday, and it never did. It never showed up. But I've just got the shipping thing, which normally get, comes on the day that it's due. So if I look on here now for the reference, for this is such exciting live tracking of a parcel. Like this, this is what people I tune in for, man. You. I fucking hate you. It should have arrived yesterday. I think just. It's not letting me. It's not letting me track it, Sam. It's trying to defend your honor, but I've been waiting for these. Uh, I've been watching. I've been waiting for the tracking of my headset. I have. I've been fucking well excited. I want to play um, Blade and Sorcery and all that sort of shit. Oh, Blade and Sorcery, we are modding the shit out of that for you. Just so you know, as soon as it arrives and it's set up, I do want. What? It's only got delivered two days ago. What? Oh, wait. I copied the wrong number. I'm being a dumb cunt. Lol. I'm a fucking right. big stinky poo -head. Anyways, yes, but moving on with the what? Game Awards. Moving on with the Game Awards. Uh, I just wish the Game Awards would wait for Pandora. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's going to be exciting when Pandora drops. You're going to be dead it, excited about I, that. The thing is, it drops the day before, but I'm sorry to say, but I don't think Pandora is going to beat Baldur's Gate or other titles 
Bol uh, Pandora is going to fall too late for it. So yeah. um, Pandora will be on next year's, I imagine, because it'll have just missed the cough. But someone who has been eligible for um, an award and has politely declined it, uh, XTQZZZ, he has been nominated for the award for um, eSports coach for um, being the coach of Team Vitality for Counter-Strike. Now... Counter-Strike, uh, Team Vitality have done a lot of amazing things in Counter-Strike. Um, oh, dude, we missed out on a really big best performance thing. One sec, you, we'll go back to that then, what, what we missed. Um, so, best performance, you've got Ben Starr for his Final Fantasy. Yeah. Cameron Monaghan for Star Wars Jedi oh, Survivor. Oh, no, it's going to put him against Neil Newborn, isn't it? Idris Elba for Cyberpunk oh, 2077. No! Meline LeBird for Alan Wake, Neil Newbun no! for Baldur's Gate, and Yuri Lethanol. L L you, yeah, uh, no. from Spider-Man. Yeah, from Spider-Man. How do I vote that one? How do I'm I vote that one? Ah, I fucking hate you. Can't <laughs> wait to have your babies. Right, now, now someone's just traumatised me with that by the fact I've now got to fucking choose between... Idris, Neil, and Cameron. That's fucking bullshit. But yes. <laughs> so, um, XTQZZ, he, he, he's the esports coach for Team Vitality for Counter-Strike. Team Vitality have been doing very well on the uh, Counter-Strike scene, as usual. Um, uh, he's been nominated for the award for being the best coach. Now, when Vitality did all the amazing things they did... He wasn't the coach. He's only recently been put in charge. So he has stepped down from the award. Because I think the other person who coached him before he went into Vitality, he's still up for the award. Um, so uh, XTQZZ has stepped down as he feels like he hasn't earned that award yet and it wouldn't be right for him to risk taking the award when the person who did all the hard work is also in there and he's up against him he doesn't feel it's right and honestly he, fucking gentleman he, he is um he is currently still on the website as a contender which can be have his votes cast i don't know whether that is something that they would have reversed had he come out and said, look, I don't feel like I deserve it, but he's still on the website for people yeah. to... Like I said, he's, he's, requ he's requested it, but it's... It's, it's, it's too, too late in it's the too game late. Now, Z Zonic was the one that did all the work, and Zonic's up for the up for the award as well, so I do feel like if it does end up with XTQZZ getting the award... I reckon he'll get Zonic to come up, at least with him. Yeah. But I do feel like... Anyone who knows the esports scene will know this news anyway, and anyone who would have dropped a vote to uh, XTQZZ will probably honour his stance on it and vote for Zonic. The only d danger is, is people who don't like Zonic or XTQZZ and purposely vote for XTQ just as Zonic doesn't win it, just to spite people. Because there will be people like that on the internet because they'll think they're funny fuckers. And it, I admit, it is a kind of funny sound to have on it, saying, wouldn't it be funny if he says he don't want it, so we make him win it. But I do feel like, in terms of his stance, it's... I can't fault the guy. He could have quite easily sat up there and potentially won a game award 
for someone else's hard work and being quids in. But the fact that he's gone out of his way to be like, I, I haven't earned this. He's a, he's a gentleman. He, he is. is a sportsman of the of the art. Yeah, to sit there and be like, I haven't earned this, and I'm not going to sit there and go up against the person who did all the work I'm being potentially awarded for. Anyway, when it could be rough, and that he takes balls and he, he takes someone with proper moral standing to be able to sit there and admit that you don't to sit there and admit you don't deserve something yeah so, especially something positive i don't deserve my bills i can easily say that but something positive to sit there and say you don't deserve it and actually put the work in to try and remove yourself from the running of something because you feel like someone deserves it more than you that is i can't fault the guy can't fault him at all Hats off to him. And I wish him the best. And I hope that he does have a successful career with um, with Vitality after this. And he, he can come back for an award that he's actually put the work in himself. Because if he leads his team like he leads himself and he... With the team, integrity. With the integrity. That that's the word I was looking for. I couldn't think of it. Then there's nothing him and his team couldn't do. Hats off to the guy. Yeah. Utmost respect for him. And I wish, I wish him both all yeah. the best. Um, we do have yeah. one topic left. Uh, I'm going to give people time to dip for the uh, so there's no spoilers. It is regarding the season finale of Loki season two. So if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to give you a little bit of time to tune off now. This will be what the last thing we cover before the end of the podcast. So if you want to stop listening now, go put it away. Wait till next next week's. We won't be mad. We fully understand because it has only come out recently. I need a wee-wee, so while that two minutes is going on, I will be back in a moment. That's fine. Sam can go do that. Entertain them, Yorkie, like you usually do. I will give you all a sexy, sultry dance. No. So, um, while Sam's gone, I'll give you guys some updates on what's on the pipeline. So, originally, we were going to be taking a break over Christmas. Um, We've decided, rather than ending season one here and starting season two in the new year, we're just going to keep going with this one because we recently found out that any, any podcast that hits 25 episodes... Pardon me, I do apologize. Any podcast that hits 25 episodes is in the top 5% of podcast creators automatically. And we feel like, we're all, like we've come so far. We're halfway now as well. It would be a shame to just end it and lose out on that so we've decided we're going to take like a couple like a couple breaks like obviously around like christmas and new year's where we've got social plans or we're out and we're not here obviously we won't be podding on them days but we're gonna try and as much as possible be here for you guys keep delivering the news on a bi-weekly basis not bi-weekly fortnightly even bi-weekly twice a week and basically just do what we can with it um Obviously, I can't promise that we're going to stick to a full schedule. You've seen, like, this past month, I've been ill. Um, Sam's been traveling. Like, there's there's so many external factors, but we do try our best to bring it to you guys as often as we can. I see someone in chat. My, my, my lovely wife is saying, wait, what? Uh, is that about me telling people to dip? Because if so, I, basically what we're saying is we're going to be covering the season finale of Loki in a moment, and I don't want people to get it spoiled for them, so I'm giving people the opportunity to leave now. If they don't want it spoiling for them, and then obviously we'll uh as soon as we know everyone's gone and we know Sam's back, which is just coming back now, we'll um <clears throat> we'll obviously get going and uh and have a good time of it. And Sen, we would love to have you on the podcast. 
Yes, definitely. Mm. Sorry, I missed the entire thing because I needed to relieve myself. But uh, we're always looking for new people to come join us on the podcast, right? Yeah, we're always looking for new guests. So, uh, well, uh, I'll drop your bell at some point. We'll get some. We'll get some lined up. We need more uh, female gamers uh, representation on here because at the minute it's a bit of a sausage fest because Sam's got a penis and mine's somewhere. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so at that point, I'm going to assume everyone who doesn't want spoilers is gone. So, Loki, season two finale. What a traumatizing experience that was. What did you think to it, Sam? I've watched it twice. And it doesn't get any easier. It's rough. The fact, in the broadest of senses, with what we know, that is potentially the end of an era. That that's that as far as we're aware, that is Tom Hiddleston's official departure from the NCU. Which, like it says here at the top, he was 29 when he was cast. He's now 42. He's been there a while, you know what I mean? Dude's earned a break. He hasn't a break, but I, for me personally, I don't think this is the last that we'll see of him. And that's where my theory craft and seeing what people have said online comes into it. That makes me think. Would you like to expand? The audience? Yes. So, it's highly spoken about amongst the online peoples and everything that the reason that the time stone is green we now know is because the the lord of time the keeper of time the teller of the god of stories is at the helm of it and in the final scenes we see the whole green loki goodness yeah and my one of my theories is something that I have seen online, so I can't take all the credit, is that we are getting human or physical embodiments of the stones. These The stones being the greatest power force, and if you get them all together, they're unstoppable. They can do anything. Yeah. I reckon that we're now seeing a shift towards, well, the, the Infinity Stones can't come back because they're kind of done. And although they're in um, Casey's desk as paperweights, yeah, I I reckon that we're getting the physical embodiments. So Loki is time, Wanda is reality. Yeah, we'll probably have Vision being uh, mind. Yeah, I could see that one. Yeah. I was just trying to... I was listening, but I've been trying to find the um, author of this theory. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it was. I just saw it, and it's been racking my brain ever since I watched the episode. But I do reckon that we are now in the next stage where... What do you replace the Infinity Stones with? So oh, um, the author of this theory is someone called uh, Davios77 on Reddit. So thank yeah. you, Davios, for bringing this forwards because it's a very fucking cool theory. 
it is it's probably one of the most logical theories in my opinion it does weirdly line up perfectly that's that's the thing it starts as a coincidence and then multiverse of madness is reality it's It's reality stone yeah because she she basically changed the fabric of reality within the town in wanda yeah the wandavision show then you've got time being green. I just want to know who the next few people are going to be. What are the other colours we've got? We've got purple for power. Beast. Or Kang. I think they'll be moving away from it now. Oh, yeah. With mages and everything. So you've got Space Stone is blue. Yeah. Yellow is Mind Stone. Space Stone Red could be Nebula. Reality. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because the reason that Loki got into the fact of becoming the Time Stone or theoretically becoming the Time Stone is because he chased after the Tesseract, the blue power. Yeah. Um, power being purple, time being green, and orange being soul. Yeah, that's... The theory could work, but yeah, words are hard. So you think he's coming back? I reckon that he's going to come back, and I reckon that it's going to be at the next like end game, Infinity War end game type. See, I disaster. I don't think he's gonna, you know, because I I, f- I feel like Thor is gone. Obviously, Hemsworth is taking a step back. He's now a parent. I think what's going to happen with that is he's going to take a step back and the person who plays Love in Fall of and Thunder, I reckon they're going to time jump her up a bit so she can be part of these young Avengers and be new Lady Four. I feel like um, Loki's gone and Sylvie's going to take over as the main Loki presence of the MCU. Yeah. Trying to think of who else they've fucking replaced. Like I feel like the like obviously Captain America's gone, Iron Man's gone, he's been replaced. So you've now got um, well Captain America's still there, but it's not Steve. It's uh, Anthony Mackie's character whose name I'm blanking on right now. I just know him as Falcon. Sam, that's it. You got Sam as new Cap. You've got Iron Heart's going to be the new Iron Man presence. Shuri's obviously the new Black Panther presence. Um, Kate Bishop's the new Hawkeye. We've got Elena is the new um, Black, Widow. Black Widow. Everyone's kind of been jumbled about. She Hulk's kind of in it now, and you've got a kid and the shit haircut or Hulk kid, whatever the fuck is. I didn't watch the uh, show. I didn't watch the show because it looks shite. But yeah, I feel like that's um, <clears throat> Robert Amal- Amal's character. I think. I think Robbie is, Amal Robbie Amal? is gonna. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure Scar is Robbie Amal. Huh. But yeah, I just feel like they're trying to do a big mix-up of a lot of characters. I think that is one of the main reasons for Loki's one. It ties everything together. It tooks away his variant, because in theory his variant couldn't have been left running around because of everything that happened. Um, and I feel like it does sort of add another step up to the fact of Young Avengers and sort of like the mix-up of the old generator, the, the old guard swapping out for the new guard and stuff like that. I feel like that was kind of, it was like a catalyst and a precipice for that. Because um, so obviously we had that, and then at the same time Marvel dropped, and then that was when we got the thing of like Fantastic Four, and we had Kate Bishop trying to form the Young Avengers and shit like that. And I feel like that sort of the direction they're wanting to go in now. Whether they backtrack and go back and bring it back, I don't know. They might. 
We never know. The thing is, they're moving away from <clears throat> Kang now. With everything yeah. that's gone on, they've kind of taken the, the the creative step to move to a different era. So we will be getting, I believe, Kang Dynasty. Yeah. And then we'll be getting Secret Wars or something like that, or something big. Yeah. Not like the TV show, but we'll be getting something along that same... Yeah. Um, well, like you said, Secret, reckon... Secret Wars in the comics is when you have, like, that's the one that's rumoured to have, like, Wolverine and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. And... Yeah, so it's going to be... Deadpool. <clears throat> it's rumoured that Kang, that's going to go tits up. Yeah. And then we're going to get, this is where the multiverse proper, like, that little crack that we saw is just ripped wide open. Yeah. So we're going to get Deadpool and Wolverine. We're going to get all of the X-Men. Well, they have like kind of theorised, the haven't they, that the new Deadpool 3, that is going to be the precipice for bringing the multiverse properly into the light. And that is going to be the turning point for the MCU. They're using Deadpool for that because he can get away with it. Because it's Deadpool. Yeah. It will be curious to see what they do with it. But like I said, I think Loki's gone. Personally. I reckon we might get him back as an appearance like a cameo but now and then I, yeah i don't i don't reckon that we'll get him because he's got to stay in that position he needs to be the wielder of the threads of time and multiverse yeah because if he lets go of the day but, exactly so i reckon we will get him back but it will be like a of like a, the only reckon... the only time i could see him potentially coming back is if for what, any reason he fought the Big things from Eternals. Oh, he, the Celestials. He's probably like one of the only people that could take on the Celestials. The thing is, though, that he can also time slip and go through the multiverse. So his character has also the ability to go between these places. So what's not to say that he doesn't have chats <clears throat> with people and manages to either show people the way or... Yeah, but like you said, to be fair, now I, he's controlled his time slip because this is something you suggested the other day. Now he's controlled his time slip and there's nothing stopping him from dropping into one of his many selves from different timelines and then jumping back to exactly when he left straight away. In th but yeah, it's uh, it's all it's all, all lot of opportunities. Go have a massive new adventure and then time slip back to where he left. Powers. Yeah, to exactly yeah. where he left. There's ways to work out. I'd be curious to see where it goes. Yeah. But that is our lot. That, that was a lot. But yeah. we had fun doing fucking hell. That is a three hour long podcast. I wonder why I was hungry. Um, right. Mate, I've been starving for about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, thank you everyone for tuning in. I have been Yorkshire Bother. And I've been Dark I've been Dark MCR. And that's all, folks. That's all, And that's been that's been episode twelve of Cheat Codes at Cheating. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Stay sassy, stay slutty, stay sexy. Have something good to eat. Have a laugh. Have a cry. Have a wank. And we'll be back in two weeks' time, potentially in person. We like well, like in the same room. No, we're not going to come to your house and shout at you, unless you want it. In which case, buy us amaranth fanny beer. And some Pokemon cookies to dip in it. Bougie. Um, but no, thank you everyone for watching. We shall see you all next time. To Lou, au revoir, and a goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>